hitting it with whatever I feel is necessary to hit it with, which may or may not be my dinner. Every now and then you just gotta dick slap a pinky. It's very, very Who would want to see me jerk off? They'd be surprised. Just don't, don't, if you're ever feeling down, don't worry, someone out there's masturbated to you. But male masturbation is a major theme in the movie today, so welcome back to Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm DJ. I'm Craig. And, and we're in the wrong order, and I'm Jake. And I, I did not realize when you were pointed to me. So. Oh, we've been recording for five minutes. Oh, yeah, well. I just turned it on. Keep the keep the ebb and flow. You said you like natural mm -hmm. conversation at the beginning of a podcast, and I can't think yeah, of anything more natural than Craig jerking off. Well, okay. Well, just, now they know my 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 habits. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. And that's really important. <laughs> so we are on movie two of Halloween in July three. Call uh, you know what you you do do your thing just to get us into the movie we're gonna keep chatting. Oh okay well yeah, this is crazy. Let's just keep yeah. talking over him while yeah yeah. yeah. Let him explain yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. us over here we're gonna keep talking. <laughs> well today's movie is The Lighthouse by the Egger Brothers and if you ever seen The Witch or The Vich because it's well there's isn't there one other it's The Witch and Blank and this no no I think it's just The Witch they, they do uh, they do have a third movie coming up uh, oh. that's I think. Norse themed or something right. like the Viking or some bullshit. Right. But this is movie number two. Yeah. Okay. The one thing I've noticed from watching the Vich and this is that it's the witch. Can we the the witch. Okay. Well, the, the Vich. The, the Eggers really like uh, period movies. Yes, they do. Where yes, they just love bleeding vaginas. But gross. Uh, but so. I've heard, I know you and Christy watched The Witch and weren't I scared not at all. Like the Witch is not a scary movie. Oh no, it's not scary right. at all. But, is it in the same styling of this, like as far as how it tells the story? Because yes. I know the ending of The Witch is like a big, oh, holy shit. But, is it sort of this weird... It's almost the exact same, like, uh, feel. Okay. Like, the so even the way the movie ends right. is similar to like the feeling of the ending of the way. Right. I know the ending, well, and I don't want to spoil it because I haven't seen it. So I like do it one day. The Lighthouse way more than The Witch because I think it did the whole atmosphere and suspense. I I'd agree okay. with that actually. Okay. Like the, the the Witch, you just felt like yeah, these are some dumb colonials being dumb colonials. Okay. <laughs> Stupid fucking colonials. A very common trend amongst colonials, as we all know. Although since it was pre-America. It would be stupid fucking Brits. Right. Wait, when was the time period of the Vich? Oh, uh, like sixteen hundreds. It. It, 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 it was like the Salem witch trial era. I thought. Oh man. Yeah, I guess was... I never knew when the Salem witch trials were. Oh, way I before always, America. I always thought they were like eighteen hundreds. Like no, no joke, I thought they were like eighteen hundreds. No, you couldn't catch them slipping up yet. This was yeah, not that's, America. Okay, good point. Good point. Uh, good to know. Point is, bunch of guys, and by a bunch I mean two, in a lighthouse. Descent into Madness. Classic horror movie. Yeah, I looked at the IMDb page for this. There's exactly four people credited yep. in the movie. Really? Oh, actually, 
Yeah, I think there, there, are, there are six total people in the movie, but yeah, there are only four two extras. Right. The first two, which is fine to jump into the start of the movie, the very first two people who are leaving the lighthouse, those are the two uncredited, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Actually, one sense. of them might have even been credited, but they weren't like relevant enough to have an IMDb picture. Could it have been the Eggers? Possible. I mean, a lot of people do that. Possible. Question before we get into the movie. DJ, maybe you can answer this one. What is Who's the most prolific cameo director? I have two in mind, but I'm not sure if that... I mean, M. Night Shyamalan loves to yeah. pop M. Night Shyamalan is in every single movie he makes. Okay, well, Not so... everyone. He doesn't cameo in The Last Airbender. Yes, he does. Does he? Where yeah, is he? Yeah, he's, he's one of the Fire Nation soldiers. I mean, you'd think he'd be one of the Fire Nation he soldiers, is... but I couldn't remember he Fire Nation. He, he has a line. Oh. Yeah, he's one of those that has a line. What about my other one? So, Moon Knight was the other. Uh, apparently, it's... Uh, Tarantino gets his hands in everything. Tarant- Tarant- no, Tarantino is in every single movie he's ever filmed as. A lot of times he is someone... in with a speaking role. Yep, but he also he's he, not, he like... will always at least get his hands in the movie. He, oh, like, okay. he likes to be... He will at least be a hand body double. Not his feet? Nope, it's always his hands. Okay. He loves feet, though. Okay. And there will be a gratuitous shots of bare feet. And movies. also, the originator of that was... And I think we talked about it earlier on. Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock was notorious for having to be in the movie, and in one of them, it's a really hilarious camera pan over where he's literally just the fat guy in a chair. <laughs> Point is, he started it, but I, I was just curious. I know that's a big yeah, thing. I think if you ask. Oh, we... no, new answer. Kevin Smith. He has a full role in every single movie he directs. <laughs> that's true. Much like he. I. If you had told me, so I'm a big fan of Kevin um, Smith. He's not in uh, Tusk. Not yeah, he's Tusk. not in Tusk. If you had told me that this movie was directed by Kevin Smith, I'm a huge horror film buff for Kevin Smith, Tusk, Red State, and we'll say Yoga Hosers, but whatever. I would believe that this was a Kevin Smith movie. From the, the monologues? From the monologues to the hilarious black and white thing that you could just attribute to Clerks, but that's nothing. But the, no, the and style. The weird random humor? Yeah, the, yeah, the occasion, the, which mm-hmm. horror is humor. Yeah. So well, I'm okay with that. Comedy and horror go hand in hand, but it's the, it's the, the, the timing of the conversations is very Kevin Smith-esque. It's like, you're doing nothing, you have these really, arti- like, one of my favorite things about this movie was the continual camera pan through walls. I thought that was beautiful. It's happened all the time, but that, it was like a staple of when you were transitioning, you'd go through blackness and it kind of set the tone. That felt Kevin Smith-y to me, the transitions. I'm just saying, in my head while I was watching it, I was like, this this is a Kevin Smith. And especially when Willem Dafoe <laughs> I, just I goes for it. Oh, I was Defoe like, oh, yeah, this is- I would actually say I was pretty impressed with Edward Cullen's uh, performance, too. Twilight. <laughs> I was like, is that one of the four that I didn't, I didn't know? Um, yeah. He doesn't quite look like Robert Pattinson, either, really. No, he doesn't. You can really tell from his voice, though. He, yeah. he still kind of sounds the same, except... Unlike Irish. in Twilight, he's uh, acting. Is he Irish or Scottish? Uh, he's or is he Irish. American? Well, so they, he sounds I, Irish. Okay. I don't know if what, if he's like Irish or Scottish or what. I, I don't. Defoe sounds because he's from Canada. Pirate. Yeah. Yeah. Defoe's doing a pirate accent yeah. throughout this whole movie. Uh, from so, what I've looked up, it was a uh, dialect in Maine that was so, spoken. Right. So here's the thing about the pirate accent. The pirate accent is not something that ever actually existed. It's not something that pirates would have talked in. The um, An actor in the 1950s, I can't remember his name, but a British actor uh, played Long John Silver in two different movies by two different studios. Why'd they make, why'd they make a movie about the fast food chain? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I know, that was a really what? funny way you said that. <laughs> oh, come on, Jake, I don't know. 
But uh, he just did his normal accent uh, when he was playing Long John Silver, okay. and that accent became pirate. Became associated How old with was pirates. That? Like 1950s, I think. The two movies were like back to back, even though they were different studios. So, what era is this movie supposed to be? Like, it's, it feels like like 1920s, maybe 1900. They, they mention a few things that I think would date it. Um, I think it's late 1800s. Yeah. I feel like it's like the, the whaling, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because uh, Robert Pattinson's character specifically mentions Captain Ahab, so it's after Moby Dick came out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Unless that's a big. Sorry, last aside, I promise. There was a really funny thing I read online that was uh, Peter Jackson's uh, only accepted complaint to his Lord of the Rings movie, and he said the quote, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. He always gets the questions, why would orcs know what menus are? When was the last time they frequented a restaurant? Can they even read? This is a valid complaint. I was like, oh, God, that's awesome. It's a good point, though. Orcs would have no reason to know what a menu is. I mean, have you ever done a deep dive into orc society? too many times that's one of those thoughts i have where it takes me out of the crank zone i'm like whoa what are orcs up to and then i get into that although i like the idea of a restaurant for orcs yeah. <laughs> although specifically speaking that orc was an uruk high which was created by saruman which is a mix of human with orc so it's not quite orc but also so, right. here, please. but oh, also orc. but also uruk i come out fully formed Fully ready to battle, you know, and like, they get immediately put into armor and stuff and sent to war. He yeah, was so maybe it's just a little bit of human that's left over. So yeah. does, does <laughs> is this genetic? Is this like instinctual? Like how a frog knows to go get a fly? It's yeah, just like humans just know how to go to a restaurant. They know how to go to a restaurant and order meat from. The <laughs> I mean, have you seen how pissed people are now that they couldn't go oh to restaurants? Oh my god, have I ever? Oof. No, I don't. I don't. I haven't left my house in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. You were, you were making an antidote, anecdote that I shut off. Oh, no, I just finished it. Oh, good. About the pirate thing, right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Long John Silver's. Okay. Oh, that was another one I was going to make, but I promise no more cutoffs. I'm going to keep yeah. going. So I think from what I've read, uh, it, it was a nautical main accent that Defoe is doing, and Pattinson is doing like some sort of northern like Canadian sort of accent. Well, so that's it why... It sounds Irish. Well, that's why I got distracted. And there was a, so. well, the there, there was a very big Irish population in the uh, right. New England in that time because the Irish people came in to build as builders for it, all the fucking shit. Like, yeah. Willamantic was built by the Irish. Oh. Yeah, it goes between, like, Irish-Irish and Boston-Irish a That's what bit. I was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah there's some Boston. The, towards the end, when he's having one of his big moments, he's yelling about the guy's facts. <laughs> and he says it like a Bostoner, like a Maine. Because Boston and Maine are very similar accents. And he's going off about this guy's facts. And I was like, is he from... New- like, what am I missing? But no, you're right. It was like this amalgam of Irish and New England. Which is weird. Conne- Con- Con- Connecticut. I was going to say Canada as... It was a thing. Connecticut doesn't have a New England accent. Vermont yeah. doesn't really have a New England accent. It's like New Hampshire and Massachusetts when you finally... Have- and Rhode Island has its own. Yeah, so pretty much... Uh- New England accents can be divided into either rhotic or non-rhotic. Do you pronounce the R? Right. Which we pronounce the R. Bostonians, they don't. Yeah. They like they're just, the we're con, just con, trying yeah. to help you, motherfuckers. All right? <laughs> That's all it is. Uh, I think we accused the brethren on the last podcast. So it's we nice to keep that going throughout <laughs> the thing. So, yeah. Uh, uh, it opens up with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson landing at the lighthouse and trading places with the previous two what look like much older men. Yep. Big black beards and they're just kind of... You don't even... Just passing. 
Again, they're uncredited, so... Right. Who knows who they were? Probably uh, Ted and Raimi were the two guys <laughs> that were that were leaving. Well, they're carrying a big trunk that you never find out what's in it, so... I Ted Raimi was in it. Yeah, I'm assuming that's, that's probably, their, probably their belongings. Like... Yeah, well, yeah, because it didn't, because uh, Will Because they're, they're supposed to trade off every two weeks. Right, so they... Four weeks. Four weeks, four, four weeks. Sorry. So they're walking in with basically just backpacks, and the people walking off have a crate. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit... Yeah, whatever. It's it, a, maybe it's the body of the last guy. Could be, I get... That was one thing about this thing we watched that I... We'll get to the end. It's supposed to leave you guessing whether or not anything's actually happening. I right. Believe. Well, yeah. even more than... We'll get there. So I got a real like Shutter Island feel from it almost. I I can see that. Except it, unlike yeah. unlike Shutter Island, it never takes that moment where it's like, and this is what everything. Was. No explanation. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get there, right? Okay, let's not jump. We let's not jump. Right, the gun. we'll jump to the end. Um, because right from the get go, you get the impression that Willem Dafoe's a hard ass. Yep. And uh. Uh, why can't I remember his name now? Robert you called, Pattinson. Him Edward, you called him Edward Cole and you ruined the whole podcast. <laughs> uh, Robert Pattinson. Batman. Bobby. Batman. I'm gonna stay. Batman. Oh, God, I can't. Also, did you see the fan renders of what Batman's gonna look like? They're just so wrong. Everyone's like, this is what he's gonna look like. It's terrible. Because someone took the stills and tried to 3D it. And oh. it looks... It's, anyways. Oh, also, I said no more signs. This is the last one. It's not the last ben one. Ben Affleck signed on for HBO Max as Batman. So HBO Max is going to have its own Batman stuff, and Ben Affleck's back, and Henry Cavill is currently in talks with Warner Bros. about their own contract because they're think the current rumor. So he is in. It's not a rumor. He is in talks with Warner Bros. But the rumor is he's going to be a almost Hulk-like character where he comes in for movies where he's needed, but he's not going to be the center like Iron okay. Man anymore. And I'm very hyped about that. But more importantly, Ben Affleck's back. Matt Reeves' version with Robert Pattons is its own thing, and Michael Keaton signed on for its own thing. We got Batman. We're going to have some whole Batman. We're going to, uh, dude, well, that was what Zack Snyder wanted. So he specifically picked an older Batman because at the end of the DC, his three, at the end of Justice League 2, mm-hmm. was going to be a universal breakup. Because well, DC was, is known for its universe. I know there was, a, a, like, early on, they were talking about whether or not Robert Pattinson was going to be Bruce Wayne or I can't remember the Batman Beyond. Oh yeah, they didn't go Terry with McGinnis. Yeah, McGinnis. they didn't go with McGinnis. They he's Bruce Wayne now. But yes, early on they were concerned. But Zack Snyder, way back when he got, he did not get fired. People are said he walked away because his daughter committed suicide and it was very sad. He said, yeah, he was going to break the universe wide open. That was the goal because mm-hmm. the DCU was supposed to be all of the DC universes, however they wanted them to be. And it just never got and, there. And didn't the TV shows do that as well? Yeah, the TV shows yeah. had multiple universes. So he was, was trying to lead to his crisis and, of infinite Earths. Exactly. And, and they brought in everyone from oh, Michael Keaton. The, uh, what, what Tom Ellis was in it? They brought Brian in all the, all the ba- all the Superman, not just Tom. The other one, the Brian. Sims. No, no, no. Oh, uh, the Devil. Lucifer. Oh, oh, Lucifer. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah they no, even brought I, Lucifer. I think they did in it too, I think. Oh uh, yeah, I think they did. There was supposed to be there was supposed to be a Doom Patrol. Uh, appearance in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. and they passed it up, and that's really sad. But Doom Patrol Season 2 is supposed to be really good. And it's like, mm-hmm. We're not talking DC here, guys. <laughs> right, right. Point is, Batman and Willem Def- and the Green Goblin are on the lighthouse, <laughs> which, uh, you, so we said Robert Pattinson doesn't look like Robert Pattinson. Willem Dafoe... He looks like Willem Dafoe. Kind of, right? He so, looks like Willem Dafoe if he had a baby with my grandpa. You get... Yeah. Yes, that's true. You get Willem Dafoe moments. So, bearded, squirrely hair, you're like, okay, Willem Dafoe, that's fine. But when he does, in the very first monologue he has when they're eating dinner together, right? So, let's just get through the first few scenes. It's 
It's so I, I will say I, I didn't like the scene where you first see them and they're literally just mean mugging the camera for like so 20 that, seconds. That's... I actually I, I get that though because right. the the whole thing with that scene is that it's establishing that this place is unpleasant and Robert Pattinson finds this situation very unpleasant and it does immediately flip, right and it does flip to immediately you think he's looking at you I think one of us made a comment like what the hell is he looking mm-hmm. at it's him watching the boat leave but it's stills on his eyes for like freaking two minutes of just him just staring. This is the look of I've made a mistake. Yep. Also, just that scene, both times I watched the first time and this time, I was like, Willem Dafoe's pipe is upside down. And I realize it's just because he's holding it in his mouth. It's not actually late, but that still bothers (laughs) me. And you could also say, as a fisherman, he's protecting it from the water. They're just getting offshore. That's true. The splashes, the rain, whatever. Yeah, Craig, you dumb idiot. Man, you don't even know pipe etiquette, man, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I've never had a pipe. We established that Willem Dafoe is the veteran lighthouse keeper. Right. Wiki. Is that what they call him? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. The, the term for the okay. job. And what does that stand for? It sounds like an acronym. It's proto-DJs. I'm guessing Wiki that it's like... <laughs> obviously. I'm guessing that it's like a candle wick. That oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, fair enough. Um, but Words. Yeah, Willem Dafoe's the veteran, Robert Pattinson's the new guy. Right. And it just goes out immediately to show how unpleasant this job is for Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Uh, which is, what it starts with him shoveling coal. Well, so uh, first it starts with him just getting his, uh, his oh, bed in order. sorry. You, there is no, this is why I said the kind of humor and horror thing. This movie lays on that hard with uh, what it, comedic relief. He walks up into his room, Willem rolls his bed out, piss. and Willem Dafoe's just taking a piss and then farts really loudly. <laughs> and is like, well, let's get to work. And then uh, uh, Robert, he finds a, uh, a hole in his uh, bed and he pulls it out and there's just this, this small bust of a, of a mermaid. It's like a... With titties. I like to assume personally that it was carved from bone. Because it's... It's, well, probably, okay. it's probably an ivory. Uh... It's worth noting, white and black. The whole movie is in, is in black and white. From top to bottom, it's black and white. But so you can't see what color it is. But yeah, I thought it was yeah. ivory, some sort of. Bone it's probably color. ivory because of the times. Right. It was uh, okay to kill elephants back then. It was. It's still kind of. If you're into that sort of thing, I'm not. But I'm just saying. DJ goes out and snuffs a few elephants every night. <laughs> is that your way of saying? So we've That's, established. Oh, is that why it's named Snuffleupagus? We've established he's a cougar hunter. Are you implying he hunts I'm a big chubby hunter. cougars and calls them elephants? <laughs> I like the big ladies. Now you're all picturing me looking like the hunter guy from Jumanji. Actually, I was going with Craven the Hunter. I like to think of you with just a vest that is from a leopard and your body is showing through and you're just looking for ladies. I went to Tiger King. Tiger King? Have you seen it yet? What? All of you saw it? Yeah. Yeah, Tiger King? Okay, we didn't watch it because it was one of those things that was too big and I do want to watch it. It's still in. I added it to my Netflix. um, uh, What do they call it now? Your list? Yeah, it's like it's your just a list, list right here. I added it to that. I will watch it, but I still haven't seen it. DJ, grow a handlebar. Or no, horseshoe. Horseshoe, yeah. We learned. That fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grow a horseshoe mustache. Apparently, you know... And a mullet. You know when it, like, curls at the end? Like, the, 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 the villains and, like, those old... Bar Sinister mm-hmm. from uh, from Underdog. That's a handlebar. Yeah, really? Yeah. 
Handlebar is like, um, uh, well, not that thin, but it's thick, and it curls at the end. So if I'm going to go out to tie a girl to a train track, so that's that's the track yes. Then you go with the handlebar. Yeah. If I want to duel with pistolas, <laughs> then you go a horseshoe. Or if you're just at WrestleMania, brother. And what what's it called when it connects to your sideburns? Sti- that's its own thing. Yeah, that's its own thing. I don't know the name of that. I like a Lemmy out. from uh, uh, Motorhead. Hmm. No, anybody? Lemmy. Yeah, Lemmy. Okay, thank you. It's Lemmy. Yeah. Well, that's why they didn't acknowledge it. You said it wrong. What did I say? You said Lemmy. You said Lemmy. I meant Lemmy. I knew it was Lemmy, for the record. I don't want this podcast to exist forever and people thinking I thought he was Lemmy. I know he's Lemmy, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> he was horribly offended, though. That's why I'm I was so like, sorry. it's Lemmy, Kevin. Yes, I'll never do it again. That's on me. It was a real Craig move. Uh, so, uh, he finds this bust and immediately puts it in his jacket pocket. It's like, I I'll save this for later. Yeah, he doesn't say why. But you, uh, see, you, you see boobies. Dude, we barely get any words out of him the first 30 minutes of this movie. Uh, That's I mean, true. Uh, in fact, first... very deliberately, they don't introduce us to well, the character. Yeah. Because it's not till later that we oh, learn yeah. their names. And yeah. also, there's no dialogue in this movie other than the monologues. There's the occasional one-off, but it's monologue, silence. Monologue, silence. And I like that. I wouldn't I, say silence. There's spooky music. Well, okay, I meant... Verbal and tons of lighthouse sound. Like all the time, there's just oppressive noise in the background. Yeah. Like either the the foghorn or just the machinery doing its work. Right. Gulls, gulls, seagulls, and then there's the clock this, ticking. There's another movie I was trying to think of. Inception. That's the one that does it. There's this occasional hum, reverberation. There's this, and you don't yeah. you don't understand. So horror movies for me have taught me that. When you start, when the soundtrack turns to what you feel is unsettling, something unsettling is going to happen. This movie just tosses that out the window. It's like, no, you're just going to be unsettled the whole time. Yeah, it, it, Don't it, worry about a, a slasher cutting him. It's just going to be weird. This movie exists to fuck with you. Right. Yeah, so there's just a constant drone of some kind of noise in the background throughout the whole thing. And it will ebb away at times, and you'll be like, oh, okay, these are scenes. I'm like watching Random a movie. Noise. <laughs> like, oh shit, right, this is a... Right. A fucking movie. Yeah, so I think the first line, though, is at dinner, and Willem Dafoe starts it off with his toast. Yep. Which yep. he says every night. He f- he fills uh, both mu- uh, uh, tin cups, which, by the way, we only use metal cups when camping because we're pirates. <laughs> when we when I do my camping trip, every, mm-hmm. if you we literally, Dave said it at year one, metal cups only. That's why I started collecting signs. Okay. Like, legit, because I take them with me, and I have one that has a carabiner on it, and I clip it to my pants, and then... I swim with it, and I do everything with it, and it's disgusting, and I fill it with beer and drink from it. <laughs> There's no rules! But, uh, anyways, um, where were we? I, I'm sorry. I, I said no more. Toast. There it is. To the four toast. weeks. Do, does anyone remember the main speech? It's used, like, four times. I don't, it's got some very poetic language. It's yeah. Very much like, and it's about, like, basically praising it, God for our health. Well, yeah, it's basically a, a, a seaman's grace. Come on, come on. Uh, There's a lot of semen in this. I was a semen once. I think that, correct. Most of us were. Uh, Roughly 31 years ago. (laughs) 30? 31? Did I nail it? I'm 32. 43. Shit, I undercut you. I'm so sorry. I'm 31. 32. I undercut you. I'm learning. How old am I? 29. 28 to be 29. I know because we're the same age. Uh, October 23rd. Yes. Wait, seriously? Uh, so I hope that people. <laughs> so, I just I'm really happy. I have a lot of trouble with uh, birthdays, other than people that are like super. Like I you know my family's 
apparently Jake's. Well, you're already much. better than me. And Lorelai's. Like, that's it. Craig's is February 13th. 16th. Close. Bro, getting close. And J- July, June 21st. Yeah. So my For d- real? Yeah. So, um... I mean, to be fair, he knows that because we literally just said it. Did you just say it? I Not on the podcast. No, okay. Before. Courtney told me uh, the date, and I thought I maybe remembered it, and I did. And I'm a genius. So... Ooh, yeah. The spice. The spice. Spice, it's basic. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so, so, so we're back to the movie. We're no longer talking about other stuff. Uh, we get the speech at dinner. Well, so, sorry, right, we right, got right. work. We got so, work. So, it's, we don't have to explain every job he did, but he is literally doing... Every job. Every job. Stoking the fire, fixing the roof, yada, yada. Yeah, well, he goes so, like, uh, they have a, he has a, a manual about lighthouse keeping. He's like, we're supposed to switch off uh, when we do uh, the lighthouse. And, yeah, well, and, and if I was like, well, no, well, only me. You go do well, the shit work. Well, so what Willem Dafoe says is he takes the nights, you take the day. Yeah, yep, which you, it, during the day, like... And it's supposed to be three sh- like three or four shifts, he says. He's like, there's rotating shifts. He's like, no, 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 no. I take the light, you t- or I take the night, you take the day. Yep. End of story. And um, the day just has all the heavy lifting. And also, actually, I thought this was nice. At the very beginning, Willem Dafoe pours uh, rum, liquor, whatever it is absinthe for all we know he's just pouring it into it's the a, cups it's definitely a clear liquor right and uh willem or uh robert pattinson says manual says can't be drunk on on duty or whatever well i think he actually says he doesn't drink yeah and he asks why read it in right. the book and, and he he's uses, like he uses the manual as an right. excuse i didn't him. take you for a reading boy or something like that so he walk. it's bad luck to not finish a toast yeah. so he walks over pours the alcohol out fills it with water Sits back down like, I showed you, I'll finish the toast now. Sips from it, and it's, I'm assuming it's like... Um, it's poo water. It's shit water. Yeah, yeah. it's really water. terrible it's water. Nasty, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, and Willem Dafoe laughs. And this was the moment, oh, sorry, I was saying earlier, but I wanted to get to this moment. Willem Dafoe looks like Willem Dafoe, sure, whatever, but it's when he's laughing at Robert Pattinson's, the first time he does the Green Goblin, yeah. or the Boondock Saints, big smile, wide-eyed Willem Dafoe face. And I thought that was great. I looked, because it's just the best. And that's like our first, like, moment of humor. Right, right, because, you know, they realize the situation's kind of funny. Ha, you drank shit, and we're going <laughs> to laugh at you. Diffuse the situation, because Willem's being a jackass, and Robert's being a... I can handle anything, sort of a uh, scruff, and uh, and then they go about the night and they talk about what does he ta- what do they talk about at that meeting? They do have a conversation aside from that at the end, right before the end of the night. Oh no, it's it's about it's about the light. Yeah, right, right. Because Robert Pattinson wants to do a shift working the light, and Willem Dafoe is oddly defensive of the light. And they never explain why, for good reason, why Robert Pattinson wants. To serve the light so bad. He just really wants to. I think he's just tired of doing the shit jobs. Mate, well, this is only in the first day. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, I think that's it. Now, also, we will later learn that his motivation for taking this job is that he heard lighthouse keepers get paid a lot. Yeah. And he, like, I think he want. I think this is out of, like, at the beginning at least, it's out of a desire to learn all the ins and outs of the job so that he right. can take better and better jobs after the shift is done. Make more and more money. Mm-hmm. A thousand a year. Six hundred to a thousand a yeah. year. Which is six thirty I think them. roughly translated into two thousand and twenties dollars is like three point four million, something like that. <laughs> if I had to get I don't know inflation, but it's something like that. Uh and then uh we go back to work. Then the very next few scenes are him getting coal, 
Uh, is he lumbering oil at this point when we were talking about that? Uh, the oil, so he's got to, he's told to, like, clean the cistern. Yep. Uh, oh, fix the shingles. And, and, uh, refill the oil. Yeah, and refill the oil. Right. And, uh, this is where he has the standoff with the seagull. Right, he's, <laughs> he has a, a wheelbarrow full of coal. I, I think yeah. it's coal, right? Yeah. It's rocks. He's bringing it up to the furnace. Yep, and a seagull standing in front of the door cawing at him. My dog's going crazy, barking at the screen because there's a bird clearly in the house. And he asks, he's like bopping it and whatnot, and he ends up throwing a rock at it, and the camera pans up, and you see Willem Dafoe up on the lighthouse just staring. Like, a lot of this movie is very solid stance stoicism to show you that something's wrong. Oh, we also do get a scene at night with Willem Dafoe in the actual uh, Did we? Okay, yeah. Right yeah. That's yep. pretty rough. He's jerking off to the light. It doesn't show him moving, but you know what he's doing. He's naked against the wall with his, like, ecstasy face, just staring at the light like, oh, yeah. Oh, and when he's replacing the shingles, he sees a hole in the roof, and he sees just, That's like... That's a little bit later, but yeah. No, no, it, it's part of a... The, it's the nighttime the after he fights the goal, wasn't it? Because he says you need to check the shingles. He does all his work, oh, you're and then right. it's nighttime. You're right. The on shingles his... is his next day. But the point is, he looks down in, and Willem Dafoe's humping the mattress. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. He, he has one of those comical, like, oh, one-piece uh, pajamas from... Like, long johns. Yeah, long johns with yeah. the ass flap, and the ass flap's just so yeah. open, so I... we all get to see some Dafoe ass. <laughs> I had those as a kid. I, I had, like, multiple pairs of those. He means he kid. has those right now. He's actually wearing them. I am Don't worry, wearing. ladies. You can see Pattinson's ass in this movie, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. You get to see it's not as all hot. the asses. It's which not is as hot like when you see Robert's ass, though. Two no, asses, it's a much more depressing ass. scene. Yeah. Also, he's super ripped for this movie, mm-hmm. which I like to think is because he had already started training for Batman. Uh, probably. This was... It came out while he was confirmed to have been yeah. Batman. Yeah, and it was a very small, like, short movie. This movie, like, went from happening to done in the matter of, like, eight months. I mean, there's not there's, there's one only, set piece. Yeah, yeah. You, oh, there's only four actors. Also on the, uh, I don't want to forget this because we are moving past it pretty quick. Okay. There is a a, a dream sequence, a hallucination sequence. Oh, yeah. Right? I was gonna. Oh, ask where he, where he, he uh, goes into the water. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, after the the he sees him masturbating. That's after yep. that because it's nighttime. Yeah. He walks out and actually it leads to his profession. He talks about later. You see logs floating in the ocean. Willem Dafoe's up in the lighthouse, I assume, because it's night. Crank it. And he sees, looks out, and there's something floating in the water. So he's like, let me just walk through the ocean, I guess. Yeah. Mermaider starts playing. Yeah, and then he... The logs floating are significant, too. That's what I was saying, right? You, you miss that at first, but when he explains it later, it's really nice. And he walks to the point where he sees it's a body. You don't see what body yet. You don't see nothing. Falls underwater, and then you see the mermaid swim up, and he wakes up in his bed. Mm-hmm. That's actually like yeah, that's the last scene. He wakes I'm up. I'm pretty sure that's immediately when he starts jerking off too. And then no, that leads because yep. it's water pinging on his face, and then he has to replace the shingles, which leads to the Defoe ass. Right. Yeah. Let me just mm-hmm. so we we do for the last three years, the last ten movie nine movies. This is the tenth. We try to break them down scene for scene. This is literally the hardest movie I know, to follow yeah. scene for scene. Just a heads it's up, it's really disjointed. Listening. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not only disjointed is when you're watching it nothing it's not trying to pace you with okay you get one scene of this one scene of work one scene of creepy one scene of conversation work creep no 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 it's just i like, mean there's one where he's having an actual like meltdown basically where it's like random shit is just happening yeah. it's not 
That's what I'm saying. So what, as we talk through this movie for people who actually listen for reviews, it's going to be really hard to follow the ebb and flow, except for the main theme. The other thing, thing is that the movie is deliberately trying to confuse you as to its pacing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, it doesn't want you to get your bearings on how, like, how long this is all taking. Right. How long was the movie, by the way? Do we know? It was two hours long. Yeah. It felt like it was going on forever, but it also felt like I didn't know how long we'd been watching it. I was like, yeah. okay, this is happening. Well, because it didn't have a, uh, it, unlike the last movie we watched, it, 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 like, just continually just kept building. It didn't have, like, a build-up to a, like, a right. climax. There was no acts. Yeah. It was one act from start to finish. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, anyways, he has that weird dream. He wakes up in his bed with water dripping on his face. Willem Dafoe tells him, you have chores to do. Then he does all the chores we just talked about, sees Willem cranking it, and uh, and then we move into another dinner conversation. I was about to say, I'm, there's another dinner conversation, but I can't remember what it was, because he does another toast. Yeah. And then it was after that toast where they talk about... And this is where he starts telling stories about... Uh, how oh, don't... Don't... don't uh... Don't har- don't don't kill a seabird. Right, he yells yeah. at him for yeah, getting leave the, into leave the, sea, leave the gold oh. alone. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "What do you? Why not?" And Willem has an irrational freakout. Well, he says it's bad luck to kill a seabird, and then he because just, it has the souls of no. Sailors. He doesn't say he that, say yet. that oh. yet, though. Oh, yeah. not yet. Yeah, no, but, yeah. yeah he he first, just says it's bad luck to kill a seabird, and then uh, Robert Pattinson says another more, tall tale. More tall tales, because this was immediately after him asking, "What happened to your previous guy?" Well, he lost his mind. Oh, yeah. Because of mermaids. And Robert says, tall tales of the sea. And then he tells him, don't kill a seabird. More tall tales. Smack in the face. And then the immediate regret on Defoe's face is like, I, don't, I don't, don't pin me to mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. This, that, and the other about the ocean. I like, uh, what do you call that? What do you call, like, Poseidon and all that stuff? Uh, oh, obviously, Neptune. Neptune, sorry, so sorry. It's not wives' tale. What's the term for those, like? folklore like there's a there's a word i'm trying to think oh. of uh legends and there's whatever there's a word oh. and willem believes fables. in it all fables is a good one he's he Some believes rables. in all of, yeah five short grades <laughs> he believes in all of those in regards to the sea and we actually get one later where he's so pissed and he's really going for it also there's the point where like uh uh panson still is drinking water he's like Still tastes a little of the end, does it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we do get to see the point where he has to tend to that. He says, you know, go out. That's one of his chores. Go out and take care of the septic, basically. Yeah, that was uh, the cis- cistern. Cistern. And he has to go out, get into this open hatch, and pour lye down in to help break it down and make it not. So there's a big methane buildup, basically. It's, it's all that's for. Mm-hmm. Help it compose, um, which is a gross job. And he's still working his ass off. We get you to can see say it's a shit job. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we get a scene somewhere in there of him carrying an oil tub. A freaking, like, dude, this thing is legitimately a a 15-gallon, like, drum. And he's dragging up one by one, and he gets to the very top, and Willem Dafoe's already up there for some reason, and he smacks him in the chest with this basic, like, five... Use this next time, it'll be a lot easier. It's like a one-gallon metal tin where he's like... And also bring that shit back down. Yeah, (laughs) catch your breath, because you gotta bring it back down now. Yeah, going down is much easier. If you ever carried something heavy up where you have to take it stair by stair yeah it fucking hurts it's like, just terrible well, you good. have that strain on your back and the the, the the hurt in your fucking fingers where you have to grip it it's Ugh. just awful he luckily yeah. had handles but i guess that doesn't help too much 
What were you gonna say? I said it's just there's no good like position yeah. to carry something upstairs. Like the that. only the only thing I could think of to compare. So obviously I don't have navy experience like some of these seamen around here. Yar hard. But no, the, the immediate thing I thought of and said down there was carrying shingles up a ladder, roofing a house. You have to the shingles weigh like. Actually, it's, it's like 50 pounds. Yeah, as a grown man, it's not quite as bad, but as like a 14-year-old boy, it's like 50-pound shingles on your shoulder and you go one step. And you can't just like, you have to have one hand on it and you take a step and get up. And you take a step and get That's what I was thinking of the whole time. I was like, that's a shit job. that Because you can't do any construction work as a kid, so you're just the one lugging shit around. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> oh, so bad. So And then he has to take it back down. What a punk. Uh, but also, uh, Defoe has a little bit of a, like, because oh. uh, Pattinson's going to go up to the light. He sets it down and then looks, like, longingly up the stairs to yeah. the light. And I think Defoe actually tells him, don't go up there. That's mine, boy. And then he and then he unlocks it, goes up, and just locks it. Like, there's no shift or nothing. That's just what he's doing. Like, mm. this is why I'm here. He just likes to chill up there. Yeah. And he does. Oh, God, does he. There's no Netflix, but... But actually, it was after that scene when Robert's about to go to sleep. I think we got. I think we got our first Robert Pattinson cranking it scene when he's. When oh he's, yeah, in the shed with the the, the mermaid. Bust. Right, he cranks it. Then we get Robert in bed and he's like tossing and turning, which I thought was going to be another crank scene, but it was not. <laughs> yeah, like when he, when he reached up, I thought he was going to reach up for the, right. the figurine. I was and be like, like, what the hell's oh, going on? I mean, I'm sure you've uh, you you've been at night, you know, awake at night. Can't get to sleep. All right. Well, you do. You crank it. Yeah, you masturbate. Actually, that's never been a relief for me for sleep. Really? It yeah, it, me, it, it, it makes wakes me, me up. It makes me immediately sleepy. Oh, it doesn't I, make me sleepy at all. No, it kicks me up. I'm like, it's like what I do to start my day. I'm like, you know, <laughs> no cup of coffee for this guy. I'm gonna jerk my dick for a minute, and I feel great. Is that why when I when we carpool the weight outside a little bit? Right. It takes me just a second. I'm like, oh, Jake's here, <laughs> and work. I'm ready. Uh, they call this me Sonic movie, the Hedgehog. This movie has definitely brought out a lot of talk about jerking. <laughs> well, I mean, importantly, so it's integral to the story. I mean, it leads into the scene I'm talking about. Robert realizes he's grabbing for what I think is his cigarette pouch, right? Isn't that what that? Thing oh is? yeah, he smokes a lot. He smokes a lot. They both do, and he's like, "Oh shit, it's not there. I know where I left it in the lighthouse. Let me go up." He grabs it and he looks up and he is like, "That's a little funky." Walks up and looks up and you see bare feet. Of Willem Dafoe sitting there, and you something drips down. Well, you, you, you hear like a. Well, so the first thing you see is like a drip, right? And you're like, that's that semen, and he steps back, but he keeps looking up, and this is where it gets creepy, and it's no longer semen, but it's totally still semen. You see like goop. a real big goop dropping, like that's disgusting. But when he looks up next, it's a tentacle. Yeah, it's kind of like a Jacob's ladder type scene. Yeah, exactly like a Jacob's ladder type scene. There's just a tentacle that goes zooming by. Camera quick switch to the next scene. Mm -hmm. So like that's your first. Yeah, this one. This movie fuck? actually feels a lot like Jacob's Ladder and how it's uh, like trying to scare you. So yeah, unsettle you and make you feel like you're gonna see something. Comp when we get to the ending, not at all what I saw coming. I expected a big Lovecraftian Cthulhu is gonna rape him, but nope. So that scene right there on my second time watching is what makes me question what actually happens because okay. there's a scene we're coming up to where everything after that goes crazy right but this is like the first scene of craziness that it's your first psychological it. horror moment it's your first like well no 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 the, so you can mermaid yeah. the mermaid i guess but, yeah. but the mermaid's played off immediately as a dream though too. Right, right it's always very unclear though when it goes into these big like horror scenes whether he's seeing them dreaming them or hallucinating them right yeah it could be any of the above and also 
when he's talking earlier, when he's talking at dinner about why the guy went crazy, it turns out his second guy, uh, Willem Dafoe's previous hand, went crazy because he started um, seeing mermaids, talking about how the lighthouse was the was enlightenment. He calls it enlightenment. It's like heaven in a in a in a glass vessel, um, and he's looking at all of these weird mythological bullshit. So the mermaid is the first example of Robert seeing that, and then the tentacle, the weird ass goopy semen tentacle. I don't remember where it goes to next after that. He doesn't wake up in his bed. It's like another chore scene or something. Yeah, I'm. No, he does wake up in his bed. It's his bed again. Yeah. Okay. He wakes up in his bed a few times, but I can never pace them. I like I'm having a lot of trouble in my head putting so, them together. So I know Me at too. some point the seagull is like knocking on his window. Yeah, we're not there yet because that's when he goes outside and sees Willem against the glass, like with the light shining through him, just like uh, Christ posing, and that was creepy. That was creepy as hell because that was when he went out to take a poop. He went and pooped in the outhouse. <laughs> Which, why do they have an outhouse yeah. and... Well, because sometimes, sometimes you don't want to go all the way outside. You gotta... True. When a dude's got a shit, a dude's got a shit. True. Good point. Um, which, it's after that we finally get our first drunk scene. Oh, there, there is an altercation between, uh, between Pattinson and Defoe. Right. Before this, where... We haven't learned their names yet, by the way. We're not calling them this for, on purpose. We haven't learned their names yet in the movie. Yeah, so, the, basically, he's... he's He's cleaning the floor. He's mopping the floor. Right. Oh, right. This scene. Yep. Defoe is just like, that's not clean enough. Yeah. And this is where Pattinson's finally like, you know what? I'm sick of your bullshit. I'm going to stand up to you. Yeah. yeah. He came out here to work the lighthouse, not to be a housewife or a, a maid. Yeah, no, he calls it a house slave or a maid. Yeah. And uh, he's screaming at him about how he you know, wants to be yeah, do his duties and he's not here for him. And Willem Dafoe, for some reason, instant flip. Willem Dafoe's like, listen here, child. This was a good speech. Yeah, I'm your captain. I'm your chief. I'm your commanding officer. You will do what I say. And if I tell you to do it three times, four times, five times, if I tell you to tear up the floorboards, pull out the nails and lick them clean, you're going to do it. And you're going to like it. Yeah, and, if, and then at the end. So it's like a really good speech. And then at the end is the kind of like offline where he's just like, and if not, I'll dock your pay. <laughs> like, it's this really built-up, dramatic, powerful speech with, oh, by the way, we're doing this so, for money. So, you're, this is why. So, oh. here's a thing that I find pretty disturbing. Willem Dafoe's character is really, really good at manipulating Robert Pattinson. Oh, Potentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, every time Robert Pattinson decides, no, what, you know, this is bullshit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a stand, I'm gonna do something about it. Willem Dafoe comes in and he manipulates, and he's got like different methods that he goes. Right. Sometimes he talks down to him. Sometimes he gets all like folksy and is like, you know, when I was at sea, boy. Right. Like sometimes he almost plays like fatherly and is just like, no, calm down. You're yeah. the one being crazy here, okay? Yep. Uh, also, I, sir. Never yes, sir. Yes. He gets. Uh, reprimanded for that. It's always icer. Is there a reason for that? Like, is there some sort of nautical... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, uh... You don't say yes, you say I. But why? Uh, because it's... Tradition. Pretty much, yeah. A whole lot of Navy bullshit that doesn't make sense is boiled down to tradition. Some sailors did it 200 years ago, so we say I. I mean, shit, that still happens at work every day. I got into a big altercation with my chargeman one day because I was yelling about how I wanted something to be done, and he said it's this way, and I was like... Why? And he's like, that's how we do it here. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And you know, it was a whole thing. But yeah, I mean, that's how we do 90% of our life. Because that's how it's done. Okay. Freaking bunch of bullshit. Got me all worked up. So uh, whenever there's this altercation, because it happens a few times in the movie, and 
Pattinson gets shouted down, it always ends with him saying, I, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so what altercation are we at? Where he tells him he's going to do anything. Well, we he's... finally get to the part where he, uh, Pattinson tells him his name and where he came from. Yeah, it's because he's tired of being called Lad. Yeah. He doesn't and... want to be called Lad anymore. Oh, wait, no, no. Uh, so... We get the outside scene first where he sees Willem against the glass. Because... Put that... him on glass? Put him on glass. His name, I think that's... Because we're actually coming up to, like, their final day on the island. Right. right. They yeah. do the name before the final day. Well, the okay. name is, like, the night before the final day. Right. It? So he goes up. So, so well, the, no, 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 the no, goal no. happens before that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We learn, uh, we learn what's-his-face. Well, in the foe's name, the night of the final day. Right. Think. But, but, but we at this point, we've already learned uh, Robert's night. So let's just do that conversation, then we'll do the goal. I think and, the and, conversation happens And then. we do get a, um, uh, because... Uh, Defoe has a bum leg. We get the explanation of that. Which he broke it doing something. He lost it at sea. Yeah. Or he gives he gives two different explanations. Well, the first one is the he broke one is, it. The second yeah, one's not that. Yeah. Because he was out at sea for 13 Christmases. Right. And his wife didn't like that because he had wife and kids back home. 13 Christmases at sea. Never one at home. She didn't like it. But that's okay because he, he feels like he was born to do this lighthouse uh-huh. thing and he wouldn't have it any other no, The lighthouse is a better wife is than any, yeah, It's a better wife than any... Uh, Warm human could be. Yeah. But this is also where, where Pattinson tells his name and his backstory. Call too. me... Ephraim uh, Winslow? Will- Win- oh, oh, Winslow. Ephraim Winslow. Winslow, yep. Ephraim and he's like, Winslow. he's like, hi, lad. Sorry. Winslow. He does that like three times. <laughs> All right, lad. Whoa. Winslow. It's a power play. Yeah, it is. So, so where are you from, Ephraim Winslow? Yeah. And they have a conversation about how he's uh, a lumberjack. He was a lumberjack. Then he... Took any job he could, and the whole time he's telling his he story... Doesn't, he doesn't say why he left Lumberjack. Well, yeah, but the whole time he tells it, Willem keeps going, Oh, so you're a drifter. No, 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 I take any job I can. Oh, so you're a wanderer. No, 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 I'm just trying to make a living. Oh, so you're running from yeah. something. No, 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 I'm just trying to settle down with a good-paying job. I heard that lighthouse keepers make 600 to to 1000 a year. I can save my nut and retire happily. Yeah, sure, whatever. And then it's the next day... That he smells something awful, so he goes back to the cistern, and there's. Well, so no, no, he the goes. Gold, no, he goes to. Uh, he goes to pour himself a glass of water, and it comes out like black. Black. Oh, oh I yeah. Assume it's, I assume it's red. Yeah. Oh, but by the color shirt, it's yeah. probably something. Probably brown. Oh yeah. Well, so ooh, ooh, brown maybe. Well, no, because when he goes outside, though, there's just like dead animals. In there. Oh yeah, it would be red, and yeah. it kills the gull. Yeah. Well, it's a different gull that's like yeah fucked up, but still alive and. And like cacawing in the, in the, cistern. the cistern, and then one lands and caws in his it, face. It lands and it starts like accusing him. It's like you fucking oh, accuser. <laughs> That's immediately what I thought when that goal showed up. I'm trying to save my friend's soul, you motherfucker. I forgot because there's the the first scene with the goal where it's blocking him, yep. bringing the coal. The second one is it tapping on the window, and yep. then we didn't mention uh, the the painting the lighthouse. Right. Well, so the one when it's tapping on his window is the one where he walks outside and sees Willem against the glass. Yeah, yeah. Je- Jesus posing, and then Willem walks outside of the of the glass, and and Edward or Edward yeah, did it posing. again, and Robert uh, hides behind the shack like, oh, you can't see me. And then uh, uh, he's painting the lighthouse uh, while uh, it's, um, it's a pulley system. Yeah, yeah pulley uh, with uh, Willem up on top, uh, lowering him. 
And then he's like, and Willem's like, do a good job, boy. You want the you want the people at sea to see a nice lighthouse. And he's like, they won't see it in the dark, you dumbass. Stop struggling. I'm not struggling. And then it breaks and he falls. And then when he wakes up, the gall lands on his leg and just starts fucking with his pants. Yeah, mm-hmm. ripping them. It rips a hole in his pants. It shows. There's like a little hole in it. Like, yeah. So, so coming go- up to this, he's already pissed off at the sea. Yeah, ball. the gall has just been fucking with him. Yeah. So he's out at the cistern, dead gull in the water accuser of the brethren in his face <laughs> he grabs it and just starts smashing it against the cistern just like cry, more than you should yeah a, a small bird like that you could probably died kill with a whack. whack yeah it died after the first like wind up he snapped its neck mm-hmm. but no he goes in crushing it and then it the the camera well, it goes like spooky music again. Right. Like, like you, you had forgotten about the spooky music, and it comes back. I actually, I think it, that was the moment you said, "Yeah, this yeah. is when it made you forget," or something. Yeah, and it pans up to the uh, the little wind dial thing, yeah. and you see the the wind immediately start changing and then stop. It was blowing east first, and then it changed to blowing west. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like the every other scene has those foghorn going off. Yeah, which I think. It also helps build the atmosphere because it just... It rah. shows him cleaning the foghorn at one and point. it's humongous. It's gigantic. Yeah, he's, he's inside it. of it when he's cleaning it. Well, Boat's got to be able to hear that shit, so... Yeah. Boat's got to... And Boat's are deaf. Probably hard to hear they, something. They don't have ears. Ocean. Boats yeah. famously do not have ears. It's true. It's not a nautical part. <laughs> and uh, then we get one more dinner scene before they go off. And this is where they start drinking. This is the first oh, yeah. drinking so, night. Yeah. Yeah. So this is their last night there. Tomorrow they're supposed to be uh, ferried away. Shift, shipping yep. off. But uh, at this point, uh, Willem Dafoe mentions that uh, the winds have changed and it's the calm before the storm. Right. And he's like, he's like, yeah, it's not. Winslow's like, it's fine. We're getting off here tomorrow. Who cares? He's like, you don't get it. It's all going to be different. You don't know better. There's no trees. A westerly wind is calm and soothing because you don't know when the nor'easter gets here and fuck your shit up. He doesn't call it a nor'easter yeah. or say fuck your shit up, but that's the gist. He does the say, North the, he does say the northeasterly winds. Yeah. It's not a nor'easter. We, we, we call them nor'easters now. We do. How often do we get them? Like once a year, right? Isn't there like an annual oh, nor'easter? We get a few. Yeah. A few? Isn't that what El Nino is? El Nino is... No, that's a, a current. That's a current. That's a current? Okay. It brings in a hurricane like once a year and they always rename the hurricane. It's just it's just some warm water coming in. Neat. <laughs> Good to know. Yep. Is that the one the turtles in Finding Nemo go through? The El Nino current? Isn't that the uh, <laughs> like the, the Australian current? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact name, but it's something in Australia. Uh, anyways. So... Uh, lobster dinner. Yeah, they start... They're eating oh, lobster. Oh, they're the lobsters, yeah. And he will him cooks them up real fancy, and he decides to have his first glass of, uh, I'm going to assume yeah. it's rum. Yeah. It's always rum. Yeah, yeah, it's their last day, so they may as well live it up. Yeah, it's always rum. He's drinking rum. And then they start, wait, okay, there's a couple drunk, there's a lot of drunk scenes after oh, yeah. this, but this is the first one um, where they start having conversations and joking with each other. They're, like, singing some rowdy, like, sea tale or sea songs. Yep. <laughs> uh, what else do they do in the first one? Ooh. I'm trying to remember. I know they have like is a there's a couple camera changes to show them getting more drunk, and I don't remember what they are. I don't think they get super wasted in the first one because it's like, just like no, okay. no, they do because he yeah. wakes up the next morning and you assume it's the next day for the ship and he's out doing his final chores with the rain coming down in his hat on. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely not the dancing yet. What do do they share any tales? 
I'm sure they do. Because sh- they have it, and it's not the fighting sea either. There's yeah, like three different drunk things. Right. But the the first one, I guess it's we'll just, singing. we won't yeah. worry about it. But the first one is they get super drunk because the next day Robert's up and he's like clearly hungover, but he has to finish his chores to get away and he's got his hat on. Is it oh, he's a mermaid. Oh, when he catch, yeah, he sees them. This is the first, yeah. He's out in the rocks with a wheelbarrow. He walks away from it and he goes out to see a thing wrapped in seaweed, which turns out to be a sexy lady with nice boobies. Oh, and gills. And when he notices the gills on her, all of a sudden she wakes up and starts screaming in his face. It's not like a human scream either. Oh no, it's a and it's, it's a not siren a, whale. Yeah, and it's like a weird yeah because he rushes thing. in to uh, uh, tell uh, Defoe or well, we we learned his name by now. Tom Wake. Uh, no, we haven't heard his name yet. This is uh, like the scene where he mentions right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. and he's yet. like, oh, and Roberts or uh, Ephraim's trying to. Tell him about the mermaid. Yeah, we can use Ephraim and Winslow from now on for yeah. Robert. But uh, 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 Defoe is just like, oh, clean all this before you smell we smell it. Yeah. He, oh, he, 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 he threw the, the chamber pots against the wind and it blew back in his face. Right. You would think by week four he'd have figured that shit out. That's now. why we, yeah, so he woke up hungover, looked down at two pots full of piss and poop, oh, he carries them out, thick. sees them, tosses them, sees the mermaid, and then when he comes in, Willem says, what was all that wailing about, boy? You smell like shit. Clean up the house. Oh, no, you're right. They don't actually have a big drunk scene uh, in the first one. They just kind of toast, and they're like, yeah, to getting off this rock. Yeah. And, and they, they, sing they, a, and they sing a song. They sing yeah. one light song. Yar, har, fiddly be being a pirate is all right. But by this point, they become kind of friendly toward each other. Right. So he goes in. Decides to not tell him about the mermaid because he knows that the last guy was talking about mermaids and that's why he went insane. Uh, and goes back to some chores. I don't even remember what he gets back to. Uh, and then we get back to another drunk scene. We're actually pretty well, so much they're, going, they're going to try to leave the island, but the boat never shows up. Yeah, they ju- they're just standing, standing there in the rain. Right. right. Yeah. And then, oh, and then we get the first screaming match where he's like, uh, you know, I think it's about the ration. No, no, no. Before oh, that, well, you need to ration. No, yeah, he's like shoveling coal, but it's too loud, and like you can't hear him. And Willem Dafoe just runs in and starts yelling something. Yeah, and, and this they... is one where I, I was kind of like confused. Like, is there? Because I think Willem Dafoe says something about how he's been telling him to ration for weeks. Yes. Oh yeah. Because this is this is where it starts getting really screwy and what the time is. Because. The way the movie's filmed and what Robert Pattinson thinks is that this is know, the it's, same it's, day. Yeah, it's the it's the next day or something like that. They 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 missed mm-hmm. the boat last day because of the storm. It's day two. The storm's still going on, and Robert Pattinson's like, we don't need to ration. It's only been two days. I'll just I'll take the dory out tomorrow. We'll I'll I'll get us some help and we'll we'll get back mm-hmm. to the mainland. Yeah, and he says you've been screaming about rationing and taking the dory out for weeks. Yeah, yeah. it's been three. Yeah, yeah, so we don't know if. It's the next day, or if it's been weeks. Who's is Robert going crazy, or is Defoe lying? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it could be either one because, as we know, Defoe has a deft hand at manipulating Pattinson. Right. So, uh, so Robert quiets up. Winslow quiets up, and he's just like you can see him kind of working in his head, like what the what 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 the what. All right. I well, guess they, got, they, they, they apparently have some rations buried outside. Yeah. Though, well, so. We, so they they get drunk again. And but they, they, they go outside I, to is this the, 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 the Tom Wake scene that we actually learned his name? When he gets drunk the next moment, yeah. Yeah. So they go out and dig up a box. He's pull like, dig, boy! Dig! And they, yeah, they pull it up, and it's literally just a case of booze. Of, <laughs> uh, just, just bottles of bottles with, like, straw packed in between so they're safe. 
and then they get wasted yeah, and this, start telling think, more tales. I think this is the, the where he gets mad about the cooking, right? Yeah, at the afterwards. So we learn his name. He's yelling about that. We he tells this. They do. This is where they also do the the singing and dancing. They jump around, dance. Mm-hmm. We learn um, the uh, also second. Also, Pattinson clearly does not know the words to the shanty he's singing. Is just shouting gibberish. Oh, so we, we learn the what? second tale here. Uh, when they're dancing, they're they're first doing the fast dance, and then it turns into a slow dance, and then <laughs> they, the, that doesn't come till that's later. That's the next drunk scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this one, they do some singing. They're jumping. We learn the second uh, tale of how. Willem's character oh, hurt his leg. Yep, we learn the second tale yeah, about that. He starts describing like what happens when you uh, succumb yeah. to scurvy. And then he's like, "You're a liar," and he's like, "Oh, you heard it." Yeah. Wrong. What about the the, the Catholic nuns? Yes. Yeah. And then there, and then it goes immediately upstairs where they get real even more drunk, and Robert starts yelling at him about how shit is cooking. If in. I had a steak, I'd. Fuck it! Yeah, that's what he, he says. Will, say and Willem gets so sad, like, legitimately. It's like, you don't like my cooking? Like, this was maybe the best. But you like me, me lobster? This might have been the best acted scene in the movie. Because he's, like, broken, and he's like, wait a minute. You don't like my cooking? Take it back. And he's like, it's yeah. shit! And he's like, but you liked it! Well, you, you liked like my lobster, you liked right? lobster, at least, right? And Willem does, or, and, um, uh, Ephraim Winslow says nothing, to which we get the, my favorite monologue it was like, in the whole movie. It was like movie. a hair-raising, like... Willem's threat. Willem's on for like and, a full three minutes or yeah. so. Yeah, the camera, how, the lighting, and how it yeah. zooms in on his face, and it's just that pure wildness. It was my favorite moment in the movie, and he screams at him that Neptune will take his soul to J- Davy Jones' locker and beat him mercilessly for thousands of years to the point where he doesn't exist as a person anymore. No one's gonna miss him. No one's gonna love him. He'll cease to exist. Not even the, not even the sea will know it, know who he is because he will be the sea. Yeah, and and then Robert just goes. All right, have it your way. I like your uh, cooking. I like the lobster. No, I like your cooking. I like your cooking. And and then that's the end of that scene. Like, it's this super. Yeah, that, that was like a, like to Kevin's point. That was very like Kevin Smith. Uh, yeah, it response. was exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, during the whole thing, like I, I even commented like during the movie, like, well, shouldn't threaten this guy's cooking. Yeah. I guess. Like that was what he held to heart. That scene was so awesome. Uh, and and then they, I don't, I honestly don't remember where it goes from there. It's actually so like that's the, the end of the scene. Well, no, no, like, I meant the, the expression on like Defoe's face. So it goes from like rage to like sorrow. Yeah, to... oh, he's heartbroken. Like my friend, this guy I trusted, didn't like something that was mine. Curse ye! Hmm. Oh, but I love you. I mean, at this point, the the movie takes on a very like dreamlike tone with things just kind of happening one after another. And I think it, it also shows during the working montage that. Pattinson is becoming much more of an alcoholic. Oh. oh, he's never not drinking from here on. Like, we get a point later. Actually, that might have been the ration scene. Uh, where Pattinson is, uh, Winslow is shoveling coal, picks up the bottle and decides, nah, yeah, not now. Yeah, that's right before ration. That's yeah. right before ration. Puts it back in, and that's where Willem's like, you piece of shit! And he mm-hmm. meant rationing the booze. So, um, sorry. Well, we, food at that time. Right, but, you so know. Later, before they dug up the base. Right. Later, uh, I think right about now, we see him shoveling coal, and he just pulls up the bottle and just starts up at This is the so. second no, time he's shoveling, yeah. I th- I think we get the, the, the Tommy scene before that. Oh, we definitely get the scene. Oh, n- not where he tells him about his real name and right. everything. That's oh, no, not that's the same scene. It's like immediately after, because yeah. then it cuts to dinner and they're... Because oh, the scene you're talking about is when they do the slow dance. Because they... No, no, no. Yeah, well, all that happens before this montage because this montage has him finding the mind, head. You don't know the mindfuck montage. All right, yeah, let yeah. me let me say what I thought and, and correct me. Right, so the next drunk scene is the one I'm thinking of with the Tommy moment. So they're drinking. 
they're dancing, they're slow dancing, they game almost, moment, yeah. they fight, fight, then they fall. They sit on the ground with yeah. him over him. That's where you find out his name's Tom, and he goes, wait, you're not Tommy. I'm Tom. Here's well, we, why. We've learned that Defoe's character's Tom Wade. Okay, yeah. so like a couple, actually, they, couple they, scenes. They, they, that's what I'm missing. They okay. do kind of like foreshadow this, too, because when uh, Pattinson first learns that Defoe's name is Tom, he actually like, Thomas? Thomas? Like, he, like, he, like, he, like, gets, like, surprised that the guy's name is Tom. Right. Oh, there is another drunk scene before where he's just talking about the, the law camp, like, uh, uh, Supervisor Winslow, and, like, you're from Winslow. Right. Yeah, he does, right. he does slip and say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, got timeline, but we'll, we'll get which, to what we're Yeah, that about. might have been That's one right. of those drunk moments right. we forgot. We're like, what happens after this? We'll yeah. get to this one, because this is the most important one. So, they do their dance. They sl- they're dancing fun. They're slow dancing, like, not romantically, just like, wow, I'm drunk and I need to hold someone to stand. And Willem Dafoe is singing a sweet song. And then they look at each other, and you can't tell who's about to kiss who, but Robert apparently gets super offended, punches Willem in the stomach. No, he pushes them back. Right, and then and he then walks up, punches him in the stomach, Willem oh, punches him in the, in the face. face, and they both sit down and are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's figure this out. And that's where you get the next scene of Robert against a wall, Willem in his lap, and he explains to Willem, I killed, I watched a man die named Tom. Well, not yet. Tom. No. He, he said Ephraim. that his Ephraim. name is Tom. Right. And that, uh, uh. His foreman was, uh, Ephraim Winslow. Ephraim and he, when, when they were logging, they saw him well, fall down into the. No, that's an entirely different scene where he's on what? the bed and you see the, the camera in his face and it's like, really? I thought that was... Okay. No, you're right. He does... This is just the, literally the name. next scene, but yes. Yeah. He mentions to him that his name is Tom and Willem Dafoe's just like, don't, don't, don't... Oh, he laughs at him. Yeah, he's oh, like, wait, don't you're... spill the beans to me right now. Don't yeah. spill the beans. Oh, that was really important, yeah, because he's like, well, then what? who is Ephraim Winslow? And he goes, is nothing, it was a lie. And Willem just goes, oh, you got me again. And and he's like, can I tell you a secret? Don't spill your beans to me, boy. And now I think we have the, the, the drunk montage. It's worth noting, right before that drunk montage, you get some artistic horror... Look at Piper. You get some artistic <laughs> horror movie type setup to make you feel unnerved of an overlay of the voice of Willem's character saying, Don't, don't the spill beans. the beans. And the camera panning around and up through the center of the lighthouse. Just purely to make you feel off. That's mm-hmm. actually right after he gives the, the monologue about what his real deal is. Right. Don't spill your beans. Don't spill your beans. beans. Don't spill the beans. So let's just get it out there. So Well, I think we have the, 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 the drunk montage with the... Oh, 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 oh he's shoveling. Shoveling coal yeah, and he gets yep. wasted. Okay, now do you think? So yeah, that, it, it does have him sitting on the bed. Obviously very drunk because... Again, oh, we're not going to expand more on that? There's a lot of important shit that happened in that scene. Are, are, you, are, you, are you talking about, the, like, about like, the, the jerk-off thing where he's jerking off? Oh, that is actually... Yeah, yeah, the yeah. lobster pot. And, 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 and the mermaid. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That is important. You yeah, so, so what okay. happens... Oh, you, you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Uh, no, you, you, you got it. All right. So this is like literally like a segment of each uh, scene, we'll call it, going on in a montage here where you, you it's interlaced with him pulling up a lobster pot him jerking off to the mermaid a thing and then him like having a a vision of him actually fucking the mermaid 
Oh, it shows a it shows yeah. the vagina. It also so, occasionally shows flashes of a person that we don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you, see, yeah. you see like uh, what looks like a blonde man with a mustache in the water with the logs around him. Mm-hmm. That's why it happens before that scene. Right. Yeah. Also, fun fact: I looked this up. Uh, it's just, it's just so uh, cute. No. <laughs> There's a dog outside. It's very cute. It's just, sorry, that was a cute moment. Continue. The wi- uh, the, the the mermaid's vagina. Is based on a shark vagina. So now you know what a shark vagina shark looks like. Shark cloaca. Cloaca, yes. Yeah. Alright, but either way, like he's just imagining himself fucking this mermaid he saw. And, and this uh, is this is exactly what you were talking about earlier, where he's trying to jerk off while thinking of something sexy, but flashes in his mind of something <laughs> oh, very and, and you, wait, see, we you, see, like, you see like like the tentacles like swarming no, around. We missed a really important thing, because it's yeah. in that scene where he does it. Yeah. So way before that. He steals a knife while going through their rations, oh, yeah, the ration yeah. and later on, he uses that knife to try to pick locks. He tries to pick uh, the lock up to the lighthouse, doesn't work, he breaks the knife in half, and now he has this pointy thing, picks the lock to uh, Willem Dafoe's secret cabinet that keeps his journal, and then we have a scene of him uh, going up and trying to steal the journal because it's on Willem Dafoe's chest. Willem wakes up and he just goes... Awfully weird way to wear your boots because he has his boots in his back pockets because he has his socks on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I just didn't want to wake you. Go back and do your chores. I'm going to go to sleep. The reason why that's important, during the masturbation scene, he starts to have, like, vision flashes around and he breaks the thing. Yeah, And then he decides, and while it's broken on the ground in two pieces, he pulls the broken knife out of his pocket and tries to stab it. Yeah. That's and, why I didn't want to forget that. And when he's pulling up the pot, the, the lobster uh, the, the trap, he opens it up and there's a head in there with one eye missing yeah big beard long hair you don't recognize the face at did the all. one eye missing matter i don't yes maybe because that could be a tie into when willem's face was busted and one eye was shut i don't know maybe uh it, but it, it definitely brings it up in a scene with willem or when he's yelling Thomas at him yeah later. yeah you killed the guy so um and then but that he, was that was the big reveal from that scene is the head in the lobster pot right the head in the lobster pot he broke his masturbation relic and he's freaking out his well, mind so it's important because he actually thinks this relic is uh, of some myth- mystical significance. Yeah, he thinks yeah. it's like cursed him and has like yeah. been driving him crazy. Yeah, because when he goes back to confront uh, Willem Dafoe about it, uh, he mentions that he broke his relic and now he's right. free. And this was the big moment in the movie where I finally started to question Willem and Robert because he says, "You did this. You killed the guy. You piece of shit." And Robert and oh, and he tries to escape. And he tries to that he tries to escape before he starts explaining this. This is this is after though that he tells what his real deal is. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, so it's after that. You so, skipped ahead. Okay. Right. Tell that story, DJ. So it does after one of the drunk scenes, after one of the montages, it has Robert Pattinson sitting in bed, and he's talking presumably to Defoe, who's off camera, but we'll later learn the room's empty. Okay. Um, and he tells his whole story. The, his name isn't really Ephraim Winslow. His name is Tom Howard, I think. Yeah, Tom Tommy Howard. Mm-hmm. And he was a lumberjack, and during on the job, uh, he was working with the foreman, who was Ephraim Winslow, and there was an accident where uh, Winslow fell into something or another. I, I'm gonna guess like a like a like a logs. Uh splitter or something he was he was he ended up being crushed by logs Um, yeah and pattinson had the opportunity to save him and he didn't he watched and the uh, winslow like cursed him with his dog you dog he calls him a dog oh wow sorry 
That's important for later. Yeah. Yes, yes, Okay, I didn't even notice that. You're right. Okay, continue. And he mentions that when he saw this, when, when this happened, he didn't feel bad at all about what happened to Winslow. He just felt like he needed a smoke. Yeah, all he, all he thought was, I need a smoke. And then he, but he realized, though, that uh, Tom Howard could never find work again. His name has been besmirched. But Ephraim Winslow has a clean slate. Yeah. So he packed up Ephraim's stuff as if it was my own and decided to move on. And he... That's why he was Ephraim Winslow for whatever. And that's where you hear the echo of don't spill the beans. Don't spill the beans. Don't spill the beans. Don't spill the beans. Spill the beans. Uh, so then he... Uh, yeah, tries... Defoe's not there. He's with the light, but... Right. And then he... So that's the scene I was talking about where yes. I skipped ahead. He has a life vest on and he's pulling a dinghy out. Wait, there was, there was something that was a catalyst for that, for that scene. Hmm. There's something happened between him and Defoe. Oh yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes looking for Defoe after he gives the monologue. He goes toward the lighthouse, and this is a very surreal scene where he like sees a body, and he creeps up on the oh, body. Yeah, and it turns out it's the original Ephraim, the blonde-haired. Yeah. looks really like an SS soldier type guy. And then standing behind <laughs> he did. him, come on. You oh yeah, him. yeah. Go, go with it. Oh, this is the one where it's like naked Defoe. Yeah, 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 yeah behind yeah. him is a naked Defoe just looking over. So, but it also, like, his eyes are like, yeah, like lighthouse right. beaming. So, him. sorry, yeah. so set the, let's set the scene proper because this scene is incredible. So he is at the top of the lighthouse and he sees a body, uh, Robert Pattinson does. And he goes over and he grabs the shoulder of this body laying down, a dead person, and he flips it over. And what he sees is uh, himself. Yep, yep. And then when it looks up, it's himself as well. And then they both are looking behind their shoulders, which is a naked Willem Dafoe staring at them. And then the camera pans out, and you see naked Willem, Robert, Robert on the ground, and he has the lighthouse eyes projecting out of Willem's eyes. And it doesn't tell you why you're seeing this. It doesn't lead into a scene about this. It just cuts. It smash cuts to Robert Pattinson running to the docks yeah. to try and get in the dory and sail away. And he pulls the dory out, he has a light vest on, and you see Willem Dafoe come out and say, You're leaving me! And he has he an axe. smashes it with an axe. Smashes just the back of it out, because really that's all you need to do. If you cut the yeah. back out, it's no longer. Cuts the back of it out, Robert sprints inside, they both get inside, Willem Dafoe He's axes, chasing him with an axe. He yeah. axes the table and this is where the scene changes so this is, 100. Yeah, so Willem now says that Robert Pattinson was chasing him with the action, trying right. to kill him. After he sticks and it... after he, he smashed the door. He accuses yeah. Pattinson of having smashed the door. Well, he doesn't what? accuse him. This is why I said... This is when I immediately... He, he, yeah, he's not like, accusing him. He is telling him, you yes. just smashed the dory. You assaulted me with an axe trying to kill me. Yeah. Which I found this, like... I didn't notice it the first time I watched, but the second time... It's all within the same scene yeah. where he takes off the life vest that he was still wearing from the right. previous scene. Right. Uh -huh. This is one of the only times in the movie where you get like a legitimate 10 minute continuous. There's no cuts. There's no nothing. Yeah. He tries to get the dory. The dory gets broke. They get inside. The axe gets put in the table. All of a sudden he gets accused of something else. He tries to take his vest off. Yada, yada, yada. It's like the only scene like this in the whole movie, which is continual. Yeah, this is where like you start questioning like like first of all is is it Pattinson going crazy? Is it just Willem Dafoe trying to uh, manipulate him, or like what's going on here? Uh, I'm just gonna say this really. And quick. Then, oh yeah, go ahead. Just it's just a funny anecdote. All I said was to Patrick because Patrick and me every time we do Halloween in July, I text Patrick because he knows all the movies we ever watched, okay. and he's the one. I think I've talked about this back in Saratoga. I had not seen any movies, and he was the guy who was like, "You haven't seen uh, the Matrix." And we'd watch the Matrix. So anyways, 
I texted him, The Lighthouse sure could possibly maybe be a movie. And he just said, I like it. I do feel like I need to watch it again, though. I was expecting weird, but not quite as weird as I got. <laughs> it's, it's like David Lynch adapting H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. point in the movie... A little bit of Alfred Hitchcock thrown right, in Right, and the point of the movie we're at, like, what we're talking about with that comment is exactly when things get David Lynch, H.P. Lovecraft weird. Yep. And so after he talks... Uh, after Def Thomas Wake, Defoe, talks down... Tommy. There we go. Tommy talks to that's Tommy right, Howard. That's why right, we're just referring to them by the actor name. Yeah, right. Because he's it's like, easier that way. He's like, uh, I know about the knife. Give it to me. And he's like, Yeah, how did he know about the knife in his back he, pocket? Because he probably. He, he saw it when he was pointing the knife at him. Yeah. <laughs> he had the knife like, to his throat when he was sneaking up on but him. But he bed. was bringing it back when yeah. he opened his eyes. And yet, and yet he still just went to bed. And this then, is part of where the movie just turns into what is happening. And then he. Breaks the knife and says, "I was government property." <laughs> and he tosses it in the fire. And at that point, they realize, montage, isn't it? Yeah, they ran out of booze. So oh, Robert Pattinson yeah. has a solution. I like to think. They're going. To, yeah. I don't know what was this that like. Was. Honey and uh, that's what I thought. Honey and kerosene. Yeah. I thought it was honey and fuel. Yeah, that's what I pictured. Is that and a thing that like people drink in a pinch? No. <laughs> no, no, but they just want to get fucked up. Yeah. They don't care. But how. you can get fucked off of, off of just fumes from gas. Can, no, so can if I you just say? Drink it. I used to, on the farm, when you ran out of fuel in your four wheeler, you siphoned it from any other engine that existed on the farm. I have ingested gasoline before. Don't do it. It's not cool. It really hurts, and it's hard to get over. And that's what I think these guys are going through. Yep. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. So, oh, weapons in this montage. I so know this is when the the, the well, like, first the storm like rages the hardest, and it breaks through the house. Well, not yet. So, oh so, yeah, they're under the table. So right, they're accusing each other. Then they mix up the drink. Then they're drunk and uh, dancing through the rubbage. There's broken shit going on. Then they're so under is this the table. Right, so is this when the Irish jig dance happened, or that earlier? Yes, uh, twice. You get two of those. Well, because at one point Defoe starts Irish jigging in a way that his yeah. leg is not. You dance too. You dance but like, too. But when I see the scene, oh yeah, his like, leg is fine. Yeah, his leg is fine when he's doing this jig. Yep, oh, and he yells right, at him, "You shit. dance too." So then they're under the table, still swigging. The storm hits, and the water busts through the house and just causes mayhem. Mayhem, and you get them waking up. Where Robert says. This place is a shithole. Willem wakes up and goes, what does he say? Speak for your, like, well, wait, you wait, know. wait, no, no. Uh, Robert, Robert wakes up, he takes a piss, and he's trying to piss in the floating chamber, <laughs> right, right. but he keeps on missing, and then he falls to his knees and throws up. Right. While he's on his knees, he sees uh, Defoe's logbook floating by, and he starts reading it. This is another scene where you start... Or I start. This could be an editing scene issue, but I personally choose to believe it's a intentional gaffe. So when he's flipping through the book, right? It's for, you've ever dealt with a wet book? It's freaking like the pages are stuck. Yeah. So it worked. He picks it up and he's flipping like ten pages at a time, looking at shit. When he goes to accuse Willem of it, book's fully dry. Yep. Yeah. And he's right. doing and it by single page. And I chose to think this could go either way, but I chose to think this is a moment of insanity. And we don't know what we're watching. It could have been an editing gaffe of like, the book's not wet anymore. But I don't know. Yeah, because so Pattinson now goes to confront Defoe about it. Because in the thing, it's just 
So Defoe is saying how Pattinson hasn't been working at all. He hasn't been doing anything any day. He's been disappearing constantly, and his recommendation... Constantly drunk on the job. Yeah, constantly drunk on the Which job. Is... Oh, wait. No, they have a huge argument first where he just lays it into him and, like, saying, what do you say? How everything's horseshit, how he's a liar. Yeah. You lied, yeah, yeah. you were going to dock my pay, you said I wasn't around. Well, that's like, no, 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 that's all after. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, He just goes off about how he's been like lying the whole time. You, 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 you smell like piss, you smell like jism. I'm tired of your farts. <laughs> your farts. Your farts. The fucking farts. Which, we didn't talk about it, Willem Dafoe farts yeah. a lot. Just as, like, and he even has a moment just to go back. Like, 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 like when Pattinson is laying over, like, uh, over him, like, trying to kill him, he's like, oh, just go to your chores, he rolls over and just farts on him. But even, yeah. even way before that, you get the impression that Willem just, uh, as, uh, this is like, I mean, he's, uh, it's, he's, it's he's, a, old, he's an old man, so well, it's, it's gone from It's not even cute. just that, it's like, maybe Craig can speak to it in the military, you have no regard for your bodily functions. Well, there's like no you're... personal space. Oh, yeah. The idea of personal it, space is not a it thing here. It took me... There's still some habits from the Navy where, like, I, I just burp and fart on the time. I'm like, I, I, I can't help it. I'm broken down. Because they're well, work literally sitting in the cubicle going. Yeah. Well, that's what I was talking about. Discreetly. It's they, not healthy to keep it in. But so. they pointed out immediately from the beginning with two things. One we talked about when they first walk into the lighthouse and he's pissing and farting. But the other one is when they're at dinner and Willem makes this really guttural, like, noise yeah. with his nose and Robert Pattinson is stunned by it for just a second. It's just like, why did you make that gross noise? That's continued on through, which is why in this scene, as far as in the movie as we are, when he's freaking out about how gross Willem is, you've seen that continually throughout the movie that this guy is just, just disgusting. Yeah, I'd have to watch the scene again, but there's like... 10 different things he says about how, like, this he's an old man, he's a liar, he's disgusting, yada, 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 and he smells like jizz. And, he, and yeah. he's just not gonna put up with it anymore. So Defoe says, Well, you're fired then. It was like, Oh, I already know. And then he goes to get the book. Yeah, so in the book, it mentions that Pattinson has not been, he's been disappearing regularly, junk on the job, has not been working. And the recommendation is uh, termination without pay. The drunk on the job thing is the one that really gets me because it was established very early on that he was not someone who drinks at all until the phone on the last day got drink. Well, not even just that. Willem says, it also says in your book, you do what I say. So, like, are you going to follow the book's rules or the book's rule to follow my rules? (laughs) So, that that continues on. Every time Willem gets stern, Robert has to be like... You're right. You're so right. Th- this brings up the question, though, like, has what we've been seeing as the viewer of him working hard actually been happening, or has it not? Right, right. So, I mean, we could probably get to it at the end, our interpretation of it, because, again, it leaves it up to interpretation. Right, right. But let's get to the end before we Yeah, oh my that. god, yes. So, yeah, after this, after he reads the book about how he's terminated, they start fighting, Yep. and Robert gets the... Uh, the this scene is awesome when yeah. he's on top of him. Yeah, oh. gets the upper hand, and, like... Lays him down on the floor. He's like, fuck. No, not yet. No, I love the scene. I love the scene. He's gonna fuck him. So he's on oh, top yeah. of him, right? Punches him a few times. Oh, yeah. So he's going through a few hallucinations. Right? And then he sees, very first thing he sees is the real Ephraim. Yep. Blonde, Nazi-looking dude with a cool mustache. <laughs> then all of a sudden he sees a mermaid. And he's yeah, like, oh, this is hot. The, the, the hands come yeah, up. And right? Yeah, so he goes down to make out with it. Then he sees Willem. Then he sees Willem covered in coral with tentacles. 
when the tentacle wraps around his neck, does he finally start just beating the shit out of the real, well, quote-unquote, real Willem Dafoe? You're feet. killing me! That's what he said. And he gets up, and he's like, oh, you're right, I was. Stands over top of him and just goes, bark. Haven't you ever been to sea? Bark. And Willem just starts... Oh, the whole thing that sets him off is that William calls him a dog. Right. Oh, yeah, that that does happen. That's what sets the fight off. The real anger. You are a dog, Tom. Yep. Tommy. Forces him to bark, ties, and then you get a a scene swap. They're outside. The camera's... I feel terrible for Willem Dafoe in this scene. (laughs) This is another continuous shot. Camera's outside the lighthouse, and you just see real far away. When you say away. terrible for Willem Dafoe, you mean like, as an actor? Have as you an actor, seen... do, like, you've heard stories about, we talked about it with Josween, but, like, Alfred Hitchcock was notorious for abusing his actors <laughs> to make them feel like the movie characters. Well, so you've heard the story of, like, the all the scenes in Wolf of Wall Street, right? It's like, there's one where Margot Robbie's actually, like, naked on the, the fake money, which is, like, actual, like, paper, and she's right. just covered in a, a paper cut because of it. And there's the Quaalude scene where, uh, if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, it's like literally DiCaprio just having an absolute like freak out basically and like writhing on the ground and flailing around. He actually did that and threw out his back during the, the filming. <laughs> well, uh, the there's ex- also the scene in that same movie where uh, him and Jonah Hill were eating sushi and every time they did a take of that scene, they each had to eat a piece of sushi. So by the end, they had each eaten like... 30 pieces of sushi and got the, gave themselves food poisoning. Well, it was also oh, like warm sushi that had been sitting around. Yeah. Yes, that had been sitting there. <laughs> the last anecdote I'll have to a scene like that is, um, has everyone here seen The Exorcist? Yeah. Don't let I me down. I have not. I've seen it. That could have been your pick! See, I can't watch that movie again. You have but to. the point is, there's a scene in no, that I'm movie... next year. There's a scene <laughs> okay. in that movie where Reagan is the demon is starting to take her over. The movie has a whole timeline. We're going to watch it because I'm really sad you haven't seen it. Ronald Reagan, um, by the way. That's Ronald the Reagan. I've been meaning it. It was the last movie before becoming president. He's, she's getting, I said he, she's getting flashed up and down. The demon's in her and is doing all this stuff. <coughs> the way that effect worked was they tied a board to the bed, strapped her to it, and then put her nightgown over it, and had a hydraulic motor do this. Oh, geez. So the screams are her slipping every disc in her spine. It took her like two years to overcome this injury. And the director would not stop the scene because her screams of terror, her asking for her mommy, were so real he had to catch it. Oh, wow. That's awful. Willem Dafoe crawling like a dog through dirt and getting shoveled on top of during a uh, 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 monologue was me being like, you're better than this. (laughs) You're Willem Dafoe. No. I did notice that like the whole how they were interacting from in the whole dog scenes that was really like BDSM-esque yeah. really ties into that whole theme of homoeroticism between oh, these yeah. two men. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, because oh, cause there was one scene where they were talking uh, earlier, much earlier on, one of the drunk scenes where uh, Willem was talking about like a pretty lady taking off her bonnet was like, and uh, uh, Robert asked, have you ever felt ashamed for, for laying with a, with a woman or something like yep. that? And Willem just goes, I ain't ashamed of nothing. Yeah, like and they laugh. I'm also, not gay. You're gay. Throughout this entire movie, Willem is remarking constantly on how pretty Robert Pattinson is. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty eyes like a lady. Yep, that's true. But so, so let's go back. We got really distracted. The camera is about, I would say, like thirty yards out, and you see the door open in the distance. Robert walk out with a leash, and then Willem on his hands and knees crawling out. This is a continual scene that they walk. The camera doesn't move. They walk to the camera. Then when they reach the camera, they turn and they're walking up a hill. Willem's crawling up it 
and literally crawls into the hole they dug for the booze that's like, I don't know, five feet deep. Yep. Robert starts shoveling dirt onto him. The whole time he's shoveling... Get in where you belong. Get in where you belong. And he just does it. There's no fighting, because at this point he's defeated, whatever. Starts shoveling dirt onto him while he does a monologue about... Oh, this monologue is actually foreshadows the, the ending of the movie. Okay, I don't remember the monologue, so... Because uh, uh, it was mentioned, uh, uh, Promethean, Promethean, like Prometheus, do you know the... the Prometheus. The, yep. yep. Uh, and reaching up for something and then be for something you want and then being cast down below Basically, by David Jones. Basically, flying too high to the, close to the sun. Prometheus tried to steal the fire. He tried to steal the light and, you know, the Well, lighthouse. well, no, he gave fire to man. Right. Allowing them to become something more. And because of this, the gods punished him by chaining him to a rock and having vultures eat out his liver every day. Right, and I think that the correlation between fire and the lighthouse, the light in the lighthouse, is a deliberate mm-hmm. one. Because one thing that we maybe didn't mention as much, as the movie goes on, Pattinson is more and more desperate to go into the room with the light. Yeah, he's yep. obsessed with getting up there. I mean, we mentioned that he tries to pick the lock to get up there and all that. But... Yeah, and the whole scene where he's like about to shank him in his sleep, he was going for the keys at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and so at the end of this uh, monologue that uh, Defoe was giving, uh, Pattinson realizes that Defoe has the keys on him to get to the yeah. light, so he jumps in, stops, you know, bearing him at this point, grabs the keys, and runs off. And we think Defoe dies, like, choking Well, so this is the thing, something. like, where you question whether or not he was even, well, there. The next scene's really important for that. Yeah, because, like, Defoe shows back up with the axe. Well, hold on, so real quick. Completely clean. So really quick. A... He got straight dirt in the mouth while doing that. Oh monologue, yeah, and he never yeah. gave up. That was awesome. Like, like the actual, like they, they actually threw dirt in. Like, right. the, this is actually the folk getting dirt. Oh, <laughs> he's acting. just like chewing it up while it's, he's it's talking. It's another Kevin Smith five minute long. Like you're a piece like, of shit, and let me tell you why before I die. Like, moment. I don't think we can mention enough how great an actor Willem Dafoe is. He's the best actor of all time. I mean, it's just it's just a fact. It's just a fact. You you. Your Wi-Fi was originally called Willem Dafoe. Yeah, and the password was Willem Dafoe. Don't worry, I'm not putting it back. You can't hack my shit anymore. But exactly. that point is, um, yeah, Will- I've gone on record on the podcast multiple times. Willem Dafoe is my favorite actor of all time. And this movie, he is, there's movies you could point out this, that, and the other. He's flawless. Robert so, so, is also great, but oh, he's yeah. flawless. So he's the one actor um, that you would be like just devastated if some scandal shows up on. So I already had that happen once. With my previous favorite actor of all time, I can't have it happen twice, Willem. I can. <laughs> Willem, just be a good guy. <laughs> so when the Eggers wrote this movie, uh, getting Defoe was the first thing they did. So Defoe was a, a, a slotting for it. Oh, they and were we, like, it's, "This is happening." Yeah, this it was. So uh, it was like one of those things where I think on the uh, the Fake Doctors podcast they're like, "We're looking for a Defoe type person." We're like, "We're looking for Defoe." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they got Pattinson later for the other role, which he was. Great in but honestly it's to Pattinson's credit, Defoe doesn't he, he stay he he holds up on stage against Defoe. Well there's yeah. a reason why you see Pattinson more. Like like I think the movie did a good balance of how dynamic Willem's character was versus the descent of Roberts. You get sixty to seventy percent Robert for a reason. Um but that's what I was gonna say, what what Jake just said was this scene is intense and he buries him, steals his keys and run away. In the very next scene, Willem is Perfectly dressed. Wait, no, with first, first, uh, uh, Robert goes up to the lighthouse. He's about to open it, and then he 
you, he stops for some reason and you wonder why. And the next scene, he's back in the house and it's like, oh, he's going for his smokes. He wants one last smoke before he goes up there. Mm-hmm. True. true. He's wanting to smoke. Just wanting to smoke. Uh, but yeah, so Willem Dafoe shows up, perfectly clean. Busts through the door. Yeah, with the the light is mine. Yeah. So it's, first of all, did he even bury him? Is Dafoe even here? Like, what's, what's going on? Now, I think that Defoe must have been there because the axe wound is real. Yes. Because when we next see him climbing the stairs, he is, like, covered in blood from this wound. Oh, we but, forgot about on. punching the clock earlier. That was the oh, that's catalyst what he, Yeah, that's the after, he, after he sees the journal, he punches the clock, which yeah, has yeah. been ticking in the background the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, um, back to the present. What I gotta say from what you're saying there about how it's real, I don't know if it is. So, so, so Willem Bussin, right, puts the axe into his shoulder. Didn't hurt him. He pulls it out, takes it, and literally cleaves his head in half, and you see blood go everywhere, right? But Pattinson has no blood on him. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. He has Uh no blood on him, and his shoulder's not bothering him at all. He's just standing there stoic. Mm -hmm. For the next scene, He even gives a one-liner. What does he say? I can't remember. He says something. something. You're you're right. He says something, but the very next scene, though, like, like hard, hard transition, is him climbing the stairs, and his face is Fully covered in yeah, blood. For was, some reason. We don't know why. Yeah, it wasn't covered in blood in the previous scene. His arm, you don't even focus on His entire on body anymore. is covered yeah, in blood. Yeah, you don't even focus anymore. And he's like crawling up. like. Yeah, so I almost wonder if he was the one that was being buried in there. Or if even Willem Dafoe's character existed at all. I mean, Will, the, Willem Dafoe himself like sheds doubt on that. Like... Yeah, maybe you're maybe you're not even here. Yeah. Maybe you're yeah, just we, imagining this whole thing. We completely thing. skipped that whole thing. Oh yeah. yeah there's, a, there's a scene earlier in there where Defoe is talking to Pattinson. He's like, maybe you're not even here on this island. Maybe you're just well, somewhere in the Canadian a, wilderness in you know three feet in snow. Dying there's a reason we didn't talk about that though. Just in Passover is because that's during a scene. That's actually the scene of the breaking the boat. That's yeah. the scene where he's like, dude. You're the one doing this to me, and you are questioning who the hell is telling the truth. The movie or Willem Dafoe? You don't know. So that scene where he's like, yeah, you could be dying of frostbite hallucinating. Has it been five weeks? Yeah. Two days? Yeah. Is this a thing made imagination? Am I a thing made yeah. imagination? Yeah. It, so uh, like, I think that like right now it's starting to like feel like none of this is real type right. thing. And then he, he, he opens the door. He gets up there, and the glass pan, the glass door of the lighthouse opens on its own, just nice yep. and opens. And he looks. Oh yeah, it's like spinning, and then it yep. stops. It and just then... stops. He reaches his hand in, but you're only looking at him. It never moves the camera. You're looking in his face. He starts like pleasure convulsing. He starts freaking out, smiling, laughing, losing his mind, and the light gets brighter on his face. The contrast gets worse. It's just. Wild. And I don't know how to describe the audio of this, but the oh. audio is amazing. His I think la- I can describe it because yeah. there's there is a drone in the background that goes on throughout the throughout movie the whole randomly. Scene. Yeah, I mean it's it's really there, and you you you're used to the drone by now because this is really late in the movie, um, and the drone is increasing in volume as he is looking at this, and. He starts screaming, but at this point, the drone is overpowering his screams. Mm-hmm. So the screams sound very distorted and distant. I thought it was laughter. It might be it laughter. Be, yeah. We don't know what it was. He was like, going insane. Like I said, it looks like he's pleasure convulsing. Right, right. <laughs> he is, which makes sense because but, what we know of what Willem did up there, hmm. you know, maybe he was pleasure convulsing. I'm not saying that in a creepy way. I'm saying that in a very real, like, what was he experiencing? And as you said, the contrast keeps increasing as well. The brightness keeps increasing. 
And this is, I feel like this is the shot that they wanted the film to be in black and white for. Right. Because as it, as the contrast and brightness increases, like his facial features gradually like start to dissolve and yeah, it's a cool shot. It breaks him down. Yeah. It literally breaks him down both in color and in character. Like you start to lose the man. And then he goes for a comic, and then they, they fill in Ted Raimi real quick and go for a comical tumble down the stairs. Oh, right, right, right. What what knocked him down the stairs? He just, he just falls, falls down. Yeah, he just falls down. It, it, the, the, the weight of the, the, the door he's sitting on just gives way, and then he falls, breaks both his legs. Right. Uh, like uh, in that one, was it the second Batman movie uh, where, uh, 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 what's it, Christian Bale just drops the gangster just... Oh, oh, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. That's the dark. Yeah, that's, uh, dark. that's Dark Knight Rises. I think, isn't it? No, that's uh, that's the one with the one everyone likes. Dark yeah. Knight. Yeah. Okay. The anyways. one everyone likes. Yeah. And, <laughs> you gotta remember what that was called, DJ. Yeah. For yeah. some reason, it slipped my mind. <laughs> Breaks his legs. Dude, and then Ted Raimi. Then Ted Raimi rolls right, down the stairs. Right. They toss Ted down the stairs like you do, and then you get the very final scene, which actually makes sense because I didn't understand that monologue from Willem Dafoe. Yeah. So and so he was reached too high, tried to get the light, he was cast down, and then the last scene is him on the rocks near the shore of the island, naked for some reason. All now. of a sudden naked. Missing an eye. His eyes are burnt out because of the light. Yep. And uh, he's still alive and he's like squirming, but uh, seagulls, of course, Seagull, yep. are uh, eating out his, uh, his intestines. Uh, so a Promethean uh, fate, if you will. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Also, one thing I want to mention is... The movie starts on a completely black screen and ends on a completely white screen. Oh, you're it right. It does, as it yeah. pans away from his body, it does get lighter, lighter, and then just white. Hmm. I didn't think of that. I wonder what that means. Did, yeah, did, we, did we reach too far? Do, do the lich, do the lich uh, quote from Adventure Time you like so much. Um, or is it the Tart Toters quote you the, like so much? I mean, I like the Tart Toters <laughs> quote, but I think... <laughs> The Lich quote was, uh, uh, you're a strong boy, but I'm beyond strength. Yeah, well, so is this uh, guy. The Tartoter quote, I don't know if I can remember the whole thing right now, because you've got me on the spot. And on the sake. Um, and on the sake. <laughs> uh, this cosmic dance of bursting decadence and withheld permissions twists all our arms collectively, but if sweetness can win, and it can, then I will still be here tomorrow to high-five you yesterday. <laughs> that's what the movie. I don't know. I don't know if I can quote it directly, but here's the exact quote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Word for word. I mean, I don't know if I got it right. I, I got it check right. That. I trust it. Yeah. So when when the movie ended, and the way I think it came off, and the way we attempted to describe the movie, it's not a movie. <laughs> it's a, it, by all classic structure of films, even art films, that is just something to watch i i don't know how to properly so, it does feel a lot like shutter island with less explanation so oh okay. that's right you when you said that earlier i thought of a movie i was tying it to and i completely like blimped on it the reason why it's not shutter island and dj said it was that less explanation is not what this movie is no explanation yeah. is what this movie is it, it is like the epitome well, of Fill in the gaps. Well, yeah, so this is Shutter Island if they never explained to you that, uh, spoilers if anyone cares, but if they didn't explain to you that the whole time uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was actually the, the bad guy. Well, yes and no, because, like, even to a degree, right? So, like, American Psycho or any number of ambiguous movies, Inception, whatever the fuck you want to say, there's still something to track. Even Shutter Island gives you something to track without explaining it, 
They give you something track. This movie you gives you nothing. Even in the madness, like obviously the 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 ideal is two guys in a house slowly losing their sanity. It's a cabin fever story. But it takes that a step farther in not questioning the ending, not questioning the hero, not questioning the villain. You question every single scene. Like, did you I watch. even watch a movie? Yet? Right, <laughs> right. It makes you question your ability to even perceive a film. Uh, that's the thing. Like, like you can make an argument that Willem Dafoe's character was never actually there. You can make an argument his character was never there, yeah. like, or that any of that happened. Literally, Willem Dafoe's character was like, "Are you dying right. of frostbite right. in Canada right now? Because this could all be bullshit." Yeah. Right. So you mentioned that this was uh, either inspired by or based on a Lovecraft uh, story. Which, which one is that? Uh oh. I would say it's not a story in particular, right? It's just Lovecraftian inspiration? Uh, apparently, this is based on a conflict between two Welsh lighthousemen, and I think in like 1802, 1804. Oh, so it's not Lovecraftian. But I mean, I think well, it is Lovecraftian inspired, but it's also like... It is. There from, is a story they went from to. From what I read, uh, while the brother that was working on the witch... Uh, so, the lighthouse was their idea first before the witch. Okay. And they wanted to do a ghost story in a lighthouse, and but they couldn't get funding for it, so while the other brother was doing the witch, the other brother was... Robert, I think was his one? Robert Egger. Yeah. Ro- uh, yeah, Robert Egger and Max Egger. Yeah, this one was, like, the Robert was the first name that showed Yeah, up. so while Max was working on the witch, um, Robert was writing this up, and they decided to go with more of a period piece, because they found... The article, or the the history article right. about the the two lighthouse guys that turned on each other, and decided to go less ghost story, more of a psychological film. Which wow. apparently this is not the first movie based on that incident. There's a I think Scottish film five, five years prior that was also oh, written. Really, I watched that movie. So the, I think that the big thing that is the key to understanding this movie is actually a line that Willem Dafoe says very early in the first I think it's like the first dinner scene where he's like it's not the, the dangerous parts that get you it's the doldrums. Oh it's the, the doldrums. It's the boredom. It's we, the boredom that gets you. Why they gave uh, sailors uh, alcohol in between the, the, the work and the winds. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think that what this movie is is it's two people who might have been fairly normal people coming into this who due to the isolation and the harsh conditions, gradually it just erodes at them till they destroy each other. Yeah, and it's not like that's not a, a unique story, really. Like it's the same no, thing. Yeah. It's the same thing happens in The Shining. It's you know, isolation leads to insanity. Right. Mm. Uh, the thing- but but in The Shining, there was also isolation leads well, to again, insanity. Ghosts. There was ghosts well, in The well, Shining. No, there were ghosts. There's ghosts, ghosts here too. Uh, Did you again, not see the tentacles? Have you have you watched uh, uh, Doctor Doctor Sleep? Uh, I have not. I've heard, I've heard it's actually I've, really good. I've heard yeah. Good thing, yeah. Well, but there's more explanation to that. But that's my point about how this that movie is not it. comparable to a movie. Like it's it, it it may have themes, it may have inspirations, but it doesn't follow the trope of what a horror movie that is ambiguous should be. It doesn't. It just it is ambiguous. It's not a trope. It just is. Honestly, with all like the 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 Greek references in it. It's more of watching like a long form play. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so let's, a Greek play. You're a, right. Yeah, yeah. A Greek tragedy. <laughs> uh, let's get to our final three points of the thing. Right, so we're gonna rank it. We're gonna 
let's do our synopsis of what we well, believe. When you say rank was. it, you mean like give it our rating? Yeah, yeah, how we like it. Because we rank movies at the end. Right, right, no. How we liked it, uh, what we thought the ending was, and of course, the Rotten Tomato score, as we do every time. We're going to start with that one just because when I was looking if it was on a streaming service when we were downstairs, I saw it, so I'm not going to, just not going to do it. So this is on you guys now. <laughs> If you if you if you have a guess, so we'll start. Uh, did you see both of them? Because remember, we're doing both critics and audience. I did not. I only saw critics. Oh, then guess the audience. Okay, so I'll, I'll guess audience. So I'll start there, right? Uh, I'm gonna guess the audience score was a ninety-two. That's my guess. So I'm gonna give it a critic of. I don't know. The critics love this type of thing, uh, so I'm gonna give it like an. 96 okay critic and i'm gonna say audience is probably closer to like a 76 because people don't like being confused solid uh i'm gonna go 92 critic because okay. i do think the critics will love it i think i also agree that the audience won't love it as much but i do think they will like it a bit more than you think so i'm gonna go 87 so i'm gonna go low on the critic uh not because I think the movie was bad. I actually think the movie was extremely well acted throughout and the cinematography is great and critics would definitely catch on to that. Yeah. But I think that the the ambiguity and the lack of a uniting theme is going to drive some critics to score it lower. So I'm going to say 75 on uh, critic score. Okay. Audience, I think, will be higher, actually. So I'm going to go to 90 on audience. And the reason I think that is because I feel like this is the kind of movie that has the potential to be a cult film. It's the kind of movie that someone's yeah. going to watch and be like, that was great, and I feel very passionate about it, and I'm going to give it high votes on the internet. And I feel like people <laughs> that don't feel passionate about this movie are just going to be like, well, I sure did see that and not rate it. Never touch it. <laughs> All right, so the official critic tomato meter, 90. Okay. Ooh. I don't know who's closest. I was 96. What were you 92. 92. All right. And you were low. Craig so wins. Yeah, we're not doing prices right. Uh, and the audience score, much to my chagrin, 72. I said Ooh. 73. Oh, so oh, I had yeah. them backwards. Yeah, you had them flip. You were very close on them flip, too. Um, that, I, and I, I'm not going to click on it to read through any reviews, but I would assume it's because of... Well, that, was was that was weird, right? Yeah, like, it is very unsettling oh, to be confused. I'll read one. An intricately constructed visual marvel with fantastic lead performances. Agreed. I'm not convinced the ending works, but at least it was it. At least it is as unrelentingly bleak as the rest of the movie. So they kind of do a backhanded insult or yeah. comment at the end there. But the point is, yeah, I think that is like a. And I said it. I don't understand this movie. I'm okay with not understanding this movie. I don't think that's a knock to it. It's just me not being able to perceive a lot of the stuff that that went through. So Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, only credits three people in this movie. IMDb has the, the, <laughs> the fourth. The fourth. <laughs> Who did oh. they give? The girl or the man? Uh, the girl. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the she mermaid, was in it The mermaid gets, a, gets uh, a credit. So what did we think was the ending? Whoever wants to start. Craig, start. It was your movie. Okay. So I really... I'm unsure about who was telling the truth because I think they're both liars. Right. But I do think that the ending was pretty straightforward where uh, he kills the foe. Okay. He goes up to the lighthouse, and I don't think what happened there exactly what happened. I just think he had some sort of fucking mental episode that overloaded his brain because he's a crazy person. And then he uh, fell down, and he slowly got 
killed Die. by fucking seagull. So my, so I guess I would argue against that with if that happened, how did he end up outside on the rocks? I try not to think about well, it. Well, no, so, so <laughs> no, so you can still have his ending with the final scene being an art piece. That's fine. Just let the final scene be an interpretation. But that was your ending. That's okay. Mm-hmm. What was your ending? So I think that they like he was actually there on the island. But I think that he pretty much died way before the ending. Oh, like maybe when he was out uh, cleaning the chamber pots or some shit? Yeah, like okay. uh, like maybe he like fell when he was pulling up the lobster pot or something and like... Oh, the lighthouse. When he's painting it. Yeah, falls. like I think that's when... I think he dies there and all the rest of it is... Uh, Machination? Is basically just Jacob's like, Ladder? Basically, yeah, okay. yeah, because and, and like because the final scene we see is his eyes are you know you say burnt out but it looks more like they've been like like eaten out maybe pecked and, out yeah so I think that's his corpse just you know Defoe threw it away you know hit on the rug kind of like his last guy okay and that's kind of what where it ended up what do you think I don't know if I quite think that I do think that both Defoe and Pattinson's character were real people mm-hmm. that went to the island. Like, I mean, within the context of the movie, not, like, historical. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think that they they both were there, and both of them gradually start going insane from the isolation. And they both try to paint the other one as the best. We definitely see it more from Pattinson's point of view than from Defoe's, but I feel like they both try to paint the other one as the bad guy in order to try and preserve their sanity and that the movie is both of them just gradually losing it and failing that until it comes to a head at the end. I think that the ending probably didn't happen exactly as it was presented, but it probably did end with both of them dying by becoming violent toward one another. So I guess my question to you though then is how do you do you explain the logbook as Defoe just being a dick the whole time? Or is it not quite written as Pattinson's I think I think that from Defoe's perspective, Pattinson is the bad guy who's menacing him and manipulating him. I think that they each kind of painted each other as the villain. As yeah, so my right. question though is, because the logbook is <coughs> from like day one of Pattinson. Like, why was he, why did Defoe have it out to him from, to begin with then? We don't know if the logbook was okay. from day one though. We don't know if it was written at day one or written later. And again, he does Pattinson's slip unreliable. through pages. Yeah. He flips through a lot of pages. Yeah. And Defoe doesn't like Pattinson at the beginning. So th- there's this weird thing where they both don't like each other, and they're both kind of building each other up as this sort of villain and tormentor to each other, but they also both depend on each other because they're the only human contact that exists. They do warm up to each other later on. Like, uh, uh, Robert refers to him as my friend Tom, and uh, Defoe says, oh... You'll make a good wiki yet, and like, yeah, like halfway through before the whole degeneration of this whole thing, right? So it's, it's this weird relationship between them that starts to get even weirder as they're isolated and trapped on this island, right? Uh, my ending, I actually don't think any of the movie existed. Um, I think that uh, because when they when he has the declaration of what his real life is is the downturn of their sanity. Like, when he finally says, here's what I did and why I'm doing what I'm doing, and then shit really takes a turn, that's like the second drunk scene where it really just kind of has those. I I think what I would like to think the movie is, 
is sort of Jacob's Lattery in the same way that he killed that guy, right? And he went out on the run. No, no, I'm not on the run. He went out searching for jobs, doing all this shit, and hiding from who he was. And in his mental break, he thought up this scenario of the movie we see, and the final scene is his actual death that we don't know how it happened. Oh. It's, it's his death. I mean, whatever. Maybe he was on the run, he took to a boat to escape his whatever. So maybe the whole thing is metaphorical, like just him sorting out the baggage of his life. Right. In his head, his thinking, am I the bad guy? Are you the bad guy? Did I do what was right? Yada, yada. And as he starts to slip and lose, that's him actually dying. That's what I thought it was. I mean, I don't freaking know. Like I said, I don't even yeah, think Honestly, it's so ambiguous. Yeah, this wasn't a movie. It's not even a real movie. I, I, literally, any of our responses could be correct. Right. And I actually think that's a a credit to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's why things like Fight Club and The Matrix and American Psycho and whatever become these sort of like big growing, no, 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 I think it's... Or Watchmen. How many times have I gotten into argument with people of Watchmen about what the ending truly is? Well, because DJ thinks the movie is the best ending. I know, DJ's an idiot. (laughs) DJ thinks the movie's ending was perfect. What a guy. I think we had a conversation about that like yesterday and we both agreed on it. But you forget about the conversation we had two years ago where you told me the movie had the better ending and I raged for an hour in the chat. (laughs) I raged for an hour in the chat. Okay, I I do remember you raging, but I didn't think the movie had a better ending. I actually had to give himself a timeout. I had to call him was. He was actually mad. Like, not, I'm not even joking. He was actually mad. I did at message you Jake about it. I did <laughs> message Jake yeah. about it. He was actually mad at you for that statement. <laughs> I think you misunderstood exactly well, where I was coming is, from. The point is, the point is, these are the dumb idiots. That when a movie is able to create such broad and dynamic experiences amongst people, it is a credit and a quality piece of art. Yeah. And that's the thing. Is like. All four of us thought the ending is different than what... Right. Uh, interpreted a different movie. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay, now, f- final rating. What, what did you think it was? Craig, your movie start. Uh, oh, wait. How are we rating this? One to ten. I don't remember what we gave you. Oh, yours. right, I think right, you guys gave it like a did. two. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty low. <laughs> um, we did rate it, though. I, I would say like nine or 9.5. I really like this movie. All right. All I right. thought, I mean... Well, I, as an intellectual, he right, 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 of course, yeah, yeah. As like compared to other horror movies, I think it doesn't really. It's I would never, never show this someone as the first. Yeah, man, I love Nightmare on Elm Street. You should watch The Lighthouse. Yeah, no, yeah, this. Uh, but just as a movie in general, right. I really liked it. I thought like the cinematography was great. The acting was great. Uh, I. I like the confusion. It's yeah. It's nice having a little brain fuck every once in a while. Well, pick so, yeah. nine or nine and a half. You got to pick. Um, you, I'll, you, I'll go with nine. We can do decimals. Well, yeah, but you have to pick it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll stick with nine. Okay. Nine. Well, uh, I think I'm gonna give it like a, a seven. All right. So go. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it had a little bit of the issue I had with the witch, where it just it wasn't really scary, more as it was confusing. Okay. All right. And I, it, this doesn't scratch that itch of watching a horror movie or even like a psychological thriller movie to okay. me. Where like, which is a horror. It, it's just, it's just more of what did I just watch and not what the fuck was that? Okay. If you understand the difference between what I just yeah. said. Right. Right. Okay. DJ. So I think I'm also going to give it a seven out of ten. Um, the big thing that I'm thinking is that while the the acting was great. Some of the scenes were really good. Some of the monologues were really good. And uh, as we mentioned before, the cinematography is excellent. 
because of the ambiguity of the movie, like, I like ambigu- ambiguous stories. I like Silent Hill 2, which has a pretty ambiguous story with multiple endings, but um, I feel like it's so ambiguous that I have to wonder if the writers actually did have a plan for it, or if they were just chaining together scenes that they thought would be interesting and seeing what So you mean like 10 years down the road when someone sits in an interview like, hey, what does Lighthouse really mean? And they go, we were just making a movie, man. It's not like I need to be told what happened to get the movie, but I'm I'm honestly not 100% sure, having seen it all, if there was actually a reason or a theme that unites everything. So you're not sure if there is an actual answer to the question of what did I just watch? Right. It may have just been throwing, you know, filming scenes that they thought looked good. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, because while The Witch wasn't scary, it was a story that had a definite ending and they knew where it was going. Yeah, The Witch just bored me, though. Yeah. Well, I think because they have made a movie before where they know how to construct a story, that this was more a purposeful aim of how they did it, rather yeah. than them kind of serendipitously putting together something. Right. But it's, it's, it's your score and your opinion. Right. So. Uh, I think it's wrong. Right. Of course, you're a dumb idiot and you're never going to be good for nothing. He hopes your kids never learn how to read. That's what he just said. Not me. Craig said it. Uh, I think I would give it... I th- so after so when it turned off right and I refused to say anything and I just kept saying like well that was a thing we watched I was less intrigued in what it was like if I had been watching that by myself turned it off and just walked upstairs by myself I would have been like never watching that again and called it a day but the ability to talk about it and see some connections that I personally was too dumb to put together like the Prometheus stuff I'm gonna give it a higher score and I think I'm going to put it in the, I think I'm going to go eight and a half. Mm. Because. I think some, you just didn't want to make it lower than Bleeders. I think you gave Bleeders like a seven. I gave Bleeders a five. It was exactly a movie I would watch. It was, exa- it was a movie. It was exactly a movie I would watch. And this movie, honestly, based off that criteria would be like a two because it was not a movie I would mm-hmm. watch. I didn't understand it. But as you break it down in the podcast helps with that a lot. But um, to the point of what you said about being bored or scared. I do not believe horror is, and we've talked about, we talked about this actually Mm -hmm. years ago when we got drunk on martinis, Mm -hmm. about how I do not think horror is fear. Horror is not fear to me in any way, shape, or form. So I didn't say it wasn't, I I, I said this doesn't scratch that itch. Right, and I agree, and I agree that it doesn't, but the point I would make against that is that it doesn't have a scratch to itch. This movie does not exist in the realm of... It doesn't have a scratch to itch. <laughs> itch to scratch. This movie does not exist in a realm of something you would want to see for a specific purpose. It does not have the drama, the action, the fear, the comedy. It doesn't have any of that. It exists in a realm of pure unsettlement. It is purely there for you to be, like, unnerved, not in a fearful way, but unnerved in a questioning way of... You didn't get any satisfaction. That movie gave you no satisfaction. Oh, no. And to that degree, that's horror. That's horror to me. I so think, I'm giving it higher for that. I think Defoe's death was, like, the epitome of that. Cause his it was, first or second death? <laughs> his actual death okay. was the, the accident. Because it just came out of nowhere. Right. It was just done. It the was, movie set up not knowing about an ending and gave you his. Yeah, like, you yeah. were expecting there to be some buildup for the conflict between the yeah. two, and then it was just... 
Whack. It was even the most lackadaisical axe wave ever. Yeah. He literally yeah, he just, just like, dropped uh. it. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, gravity will do the work. And for that's me. what I mean about horror. Horror to me is that it's that sort of like, in no way definable factor. And that movie is not definable to me. To me, so I gave it higher than maybe I should have. But yeah, eight point five. I'm landing on it. I'm landing all right, on it. All right. So the average between all of us is just. About an eight. A little bit under eight. Yeah. Uh, no, above an eight. You gave it a nine. Oh, nine, eight and a half, seven, seven. So yeah, yeah. probably a little bit under an eight. Eight point seven. <laughs> sure, above an eight. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna argue that. Yeah, no. I like I liked it a lot. Um, I don't think this year is different than previous years. I don't think I can put that anywhere near bleeders as far as a ranking. So I guess we'll be excited for the final episode when we rank movies. Oh yeah, that'll... <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, seven point nine, by the way. 7.9. There we go. I had it backwards. Yeah. No, but you knew what you were after. Um, yeah, uh, I'm only going to say, uh, we'll, we always do this, so I'll guess I'll end it because I like to be well, we gotta selfish. Well, we got to do the next, next movie, so. Right, right, right. Um, we'll do that before I say the thing I'm about to say. DJ, next movie. Army of Darkness. Everybody knows it. Yeah. I'm going to come out and say it right now. It's not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie, but it is officially tagged as a dark comedy, horror comedy. Yep. So. No, it's got to be done. It, yep. it, it follows DJ's trend. Right, and but... we've also made, we've set the precedent, if it is on Wikipedia, as a friend group, we follow it. Yep. So it counts. Yep. If it says it's a horror movie on right. Wikipedia, And it, it is does. the namesake for Halloween in July 3. We're going to stick with it. Because mm-hmm. uh, you got to always have Ted Raimi and everything we do. I think we're going to have this was, I, So I'm going to say, though, your movie didn't have Ted Raimi in it. That you know of. Craig's definitely did. What was the little <laughs> things? They're just head flopping around. They were. He was oh. flopping around. They tied his legs up in you know Native American style, wrapped him around his body, and said, "Have fun." And as we all know, Ted has fun, so he went for it. Uh, it crisscross apples. So, so, final thoughts on the movie, and we'll end this podcast. Uh, we'll start in the same trend of the rest of the podcast. Craig first. Uh, well, I really like the movie because I just like a, a mind fuck every now and then. Can't blame you. That was something I watched. Boom. I liked it. 7 out of 10 is not a low rating for me. That's right. a passing grade. No, it's not a low rating. It's just, I can't see myself watching it again. Right. Um, do not let our interpretation and or description of the movie indicate whether you should watch it or not. It is impossible to follow in your memory. You have to see it for your own eyes. I feel I, this is a movie you should watch. Have if, to, we, yeah. if we wanted yeah. to say across the board, would you recommend it? Yes. I would say this is a recommend. Yes. Um, four for four. Bleeders, maybe not. <laughs> Watch it, okay? Come on. Watch that with some friends and some beer. There we go. That's yeah, all that's I fair. needed. Yeah. Qualification on the record. This one I would say watch with some friends and not some beer. Because as soon as you're inebriated, you're just like... Well, well that was Whoa. also that was also how we st- we started the movie. The first 20 minutes were like, ha, that's funny. Ha, what do you know? The last hour and 40 minutes were silence. We were all just like watching it and it was awesome it was different except for that one time you had to go let the dog out so i freezed the movie it was right <laughs> when the shit was coming out of the face that was okay. pretty funny fair but i'm just saying like it follows we yoked the thing we yoked evil dead we yoked this movie became silence it became like watch the movie and for that I, yeah recommend totally well that's the thing like i i miss things just because at some point i was talking to, right like and it just became a moment of like hold on wait a minute and honestly, we have past two hours on this podcast. Oh, hell yeah, we are. And honestly, 
I think we should have done what I did when I first watched it and use uh, 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 subtitles because you miss some of what they say sometimes. Well, you the pirate know, speak, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I guess we'll do that case by case because I'm a big subtitles guy. Jake doesn't love them. We can kind of go in and out. It's fine. Um, that movie, I, yeah, I'd recommend subtitles as well. Uh, but otherwise, that has been another super successful episode of Halloween in July three. Ted, Dawn of Ted. Dawn of the Ted. Dawn of the Ted was what I knew. Of course, I knew that. Of course, uh, I'm Kevin. I'm Craig. Uh, I'm, I'm DJ. Thanks and we did for it the right order that time. Thanks for listening. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see.